Happy New Year, you fucking nerds. <laughs> Welcome back to the DestroProz.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. On show today, we have Nico. Hey, thanks for having me back. And yes, so I lied at the end of last year. Where in the movies podcast, I said, hey, we got one more show coming out this year. It could be us discussing Doomsday Clock. <laughs> and then the next day that we were going to record Doomsday Clock, I just kind of texted Nico saying, do you want to wait till the new year? Because I need more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which- I, and I, admittedly, I could have used some more time, too. So, yeah. Yeah, just I forgot how fucking... I don't know whether to use dense or bloated to describe the series. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the holidays that way. <laughs> oh, no. The, fucking, the, the holidays, I was fucking whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> my my holiday plans were my landlord knocked at my door and said, hey, do you want to come down for dinner? I'm like, yeah, sure. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> free dinner? Done. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to have another free dinner the next day uh, by going over to my aunt's. Nice. Yeah. Leftovers? Uh, no, they have, my aunt has their, uh, they, like my family, like extended family, they have their big holiday celebration on boxing day because everyone else has families now. So they have Christmas with their main family and then come for the yeah. extended family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I do that with a family friend of mine on boxing day. The same, same deal. All they, all of their, uh, other, like we're, we're close friends, family, but yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So we. We both needed a bit more time just kind of like, you know, to go through the series, collect our thoughts, um, take for me, at least yeah, for, for both of us, take more extensive notes and be able to have a proper discussion about this thing. Mm-hmm. And so we are starting it at 9 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> you know, the best time to record. Yes. <laughs> when everyone in the house is wide awake and will be for the for the for the duration. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah. So we, so Doomsday Clock is a f- fucking nightmare. Yeah, I mean, from our from your initial impression prior to recording this, it it, it seemed like uh, already off the uh, you know already it seems like I think I may have enjoyed it a bit more to some degree than you may I have. Think, yeah, I think but, you might have. Uh, like I like I it may just because of the way I read it. But even like going week to week, like back when we were doing it regular, I was not feeling any of it. Mm-hmm. And it all felt just like a, it felt like an incredibly ham fisted way to explain away a problem that DC wrote itself into. Right. Like, okay, no one likes new 52. Fuck. Okay. We need to go back to what we were before the new 52. How do we do that? Shit. And then Jeff Johns and then like fucking Dan DiDio and Jim Lee were freaking out. They smashed the in case of emergency button. The door opened up to Jeff Johns's office <laughs> and he just fucking walks in. And at, and at that point he was like fucking eating a sandwich, reading Watchmen. And they, and they looked at his hand, looked at what was in his hand and then looked away from the sandwich over to the Watchmen book. And he's like, Jeff, you're a genius. <laughs> of course. It was staring at us in the face all along. <laughs> Let's reprint another version of Watchmen. <laughs> it's like, wait, no. Yeah, and then, G- and then Jim just walks over to Dan. It's like, no, you dumbass, slaps him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, you know, the joke there is that they've reprinted Watchmen 30 something times, guys. <laughs> yeah. But in different versions, but um, yeah, now, but continue, yeah, now no. continuing the joke on further, it's like, no, Dan, no, Dan, you fucking idiot. Jim says he slaps him. We need to find a way to piss Alan Moore off more. 
<laughs> I know. Let's take his characters and make them really ours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we get right into it, just one overall thought I I kind of had about the series before we kind of go on a issue to issue basis. With that being said, what you kind of just pointed out is. Yeah, I, I just feel like it, it was hard to pin down this series in the sense that I don't know, um, like there was too many things it seems like that they that he had going on. Like I, it's hard to pigeonhole this series and say this is what it was. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Was like super uh, inconsistent and like I I have, had I have examples. Yeah, it had but some anyway. high highs for me and some low lows. Like that definitely had its moments. Like it ha- it ha- there are characters in here that were inter- like, I'm just going to say this outright. There are two characters in this that are like linchpins to the story yes. that I very much enjoy. I, 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 I agree with you. I know we'll, we'll talk about them more, but I know exactly who you're, I hope I know who you're talking about. Cause I feel the same way if that is the case. And, yeah. and from our, our previous conversations on this show, um, when I was more regular on the show, I, I, that was, um, I think the two people we had a lot of fun talking about whenever they po- were like, we have no clue why they're here, but it's fun seeing them in action. Yeah. <laughs> I <just> like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. So. <laughs> Any hoozle. This book took tears to come out. Yeah. It yeah. is. Is that time of recording? I believe the longest time a 12 issue miniseries has had to release. Well, the original Watchmen was delayed too. I don't know if it was this delayed, but it was also very de- apparently like the last issue took forever to take out, like to come out the original uh, series. Um, uh-huh. I have heard that, but I think this still has beat that in terms of how long it took to actually get released um this took more i think just over two years i think it took yeah to yeah it out, did right? it started it started publishing it at the end of november um in 2018 in 2017 and then wow. it and then it finished the middle of december 2019 mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean if you think about it yeah like it's just just after what maybe a few months into rebirth six months into rebirth it started uh right like uh, because we're we're talking about right now like some of their long-standing series like batman and oh no it was much longer after the start of rebirth then it must have came out right when the start uh, of rebirth I, let's check think, that one want... yeah yeah you, you look that up i'm actually checking how yeah. long it took a uh, watchman proper to come out it definitely i think was under two years but it was it, it was more than a year um let me see. Yeah, yeah, like a little over a year. Um, it started. Yeah, it started in it started in September eighty six, and then issue twelve came out in October eighty seven. Okay, yeah. So so way less than this. So May twenty fifth two two thousand sixteen is when Rebirth came out, and then this came okay, out what, so, a year later, two thousand seventeen. You said. Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, at this point, we're like series like The Flash and Batman coming out of Rebirth. We're at like eighty-five issues for those series. <laughs> like, so like in that time that this came out, you probably had you know you had twenty to thirty issues of the, a lot of their double shipping titles that have come out. So a lot, yeah, all, a all lot, of which apparently yeah. <laughs> fucking came about from the revelations that came from this book. 
Well, yeah, even even before, like after Jeff Johns, they launched that actual Rebirth book that launched Rebirth the proper. Yeah, and and the events that happened in the button and all those other things leading into this, I was very much interested in fig. Like Rebirth was excellent. I thought like the the yeah, Rebirth, Re- Rebirth. Issue Jeff Johnson was excellent. yeah Rebirth was fucking fantastic. Yeah, and and it was and it was the, like a really great course. It was a great course correction. Yeah, uh, bringing back the classic Wally West, um, bringing back like a bunch of stuff surrounding the JSA. Yeah. And just putting up this new mystery that given that it's DC, we should have known it'd be a disappointment. Yeah. It was just, it's just uh, like, even the things leading into this were more interesting. I feel as the initial, as this series, than this series was. Remember the Trinity of sin. Yes. (laughs) That person that appeared in all the 52 books. (laughs) No, that, that person was one third of the Trinity. No, I know, I know, but that's I know that it turned into that yep. series, but yeah, th- Pandora, that was the yeah, Pandora, Pandora, that that's in, it. And they brought in fucking the Phantom Stranger and the right. question for some goddamn reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember Trinity of Sin. <laughs> I uh yeah. Um yeah, you, I I think you see that see the disappointing thing about that was that, like at first when you uh, you found out that Pandora person was in like the backgrounds of all the first issues. Uh, yeah, you thought, thought that would mean really something. Cool. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, who is this person? <laughs> yeah, what, what like, are they doing? How is this happening? <laughs> they, oh, this got this got to be awesome. And then it just gets to the end. It's like, I have guns. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just so much promise. There's so she much went, promise at yeah, the start. She went of these from things. this fucking otherworldly being that exists outside of the fucking that exists outside of the causality of the goddamn multiverse of DC, and she just turned into a dude with a gun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. The button was fun. I thought the button was fun. The but- I mean, the button I, was I fun. The button was interesting. Yeah. The yeah. follow up to the button was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. Because it, uh, it just continued the further and further degradation of Barry Allen's character from hopeful fucking super dude to just, oh, God, I'm so sad all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you had Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Right, so <laughs> which we've also talked about. For our thoughts on Heroes in Crisis, check our last spotlight yeah. episode, where we did a full breakdown of that with Birdie. By the way, for, for anybody wondering, I did ask Birdie to join us for this. Of course, he's of course. working though. I just figured he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't take it. He couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, I know he's endured much worse. <laughs> so anyway, let us get into this. Doomsday Clock, written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Gary Frank. Issue one, and I'll start out with a positive, or at least a positive for me, at least. I like how I like kind of like how all the covers are essentially the first panel of each comic. Yeah, I, I really like the covers. I think it's reminiscent of Watchmen. Yeah, and, it absolutely uh, is. And they did a uh, great job. Yeah. Um, You'd think that with a thing where where each cover is literally the start of the story, they wouldn't have so many variant covers, but fuck me, I guess. Yeah, I think there's about two or three. Each, each I, th- issue, I think four I think, per issue. Oh, okay. Two of which aren't colored. Oh, yes. If you're going to count those, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's usually, there was two main covers, I think, for each one. Yeah, and then yeah, two, the, yeah two main covers, like the actual cover, some other bullshit drawn by Gary Frank, and then two others that weren't colored by anyone. Right, right, right. So anyway, we start out in November 1922 in the world of Watchmen. 
where someone is holding up the end is here sign because someone read Watchmen. I, I, I don't. I. Why is he holding that sign? You're actually asking, or no? Why I, is I, am, I am actually asking that because, like, I'm because, <laughs> like, I'm looking because in the context, the man holding the end is here sign is standing in a fucking mob of people who are rushing fucking the head towers of Vite to try to fucking right. gra- to f- try to fucking grab a hold of goddamn Osmandius and beat the shit out of him because the truth about the squid has been released. Yeah, this is this basically opens up with post Watchmen. Where yeah, you I think knew that the world was uh, going to shit, and this is actually, I think, a little bit. Uh, it's six past. years after. That's right. Yeah, but it's 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 in it's them living now in the world that was that basically dealt with the fallout of Adrian's. Uh, you know, basically, you know, the, the, like you said, the alien invasion in the actual. Yeah, six, yeah, six years prior, Watchmen happened with the squid landing and fucking blasting that shit out. There was world peace for a while, but then. As we'll as we'll learn a bit later, like yeah. a few weeks earlier, like a month like a month before the events of the beginning of this fucking series, the truth got leaked out that the truth got revealed that Adrian Veidt, aka the hero Ozymandias, <laughs> was the one behind the fucking alien invasion and all the shit that happened. Right. And, and that's just one other thing I, you just reminded me of. I quickly wanted to mention here is is the fact that there was things I was not clear on or and or confused about that actually came to pass in this that Jeff Johns did a good job of unfolding and, and like explaining throughout the series. But it took so fucking long to get to those issues <laughs> that no, no, seriously, because there was like no, something I, here. I, I know, the I whole, get it. The whole thing with the kid in Dr. Manhattan. At first, you're like, what the fuck's that all about? And then you find it later on, and I'm like, you know what? That's an awesome fucking twist. That's an awesome explanation of how he kind of included that whole kid business into this. I'm like, that's that, that that's great. But then it, it, it took a year to fi- figure that out. So then I, it didn't really, like, I will say rereading this all together like we did years. now. Yeah, no, exactly. No, but rereading it all together like we kind of did in preparation for this. Yes, in some sense, some stuff read better because of that. But it just, it just, it didn't have that. It didn't have that um, effect when reading it the first time around, right? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely I, didn't because there was so I, much time in between. You just keep, you kept right. forgetting, and there was no fucking flow to anything. Right, and I hate to gripe on release schedules, you know, over and over again here while reviewing this, but we have to take it at face value that we originally, when this came out, th- we were reading it. So, like, you have to include that. You have to say these things, right? Because that yeah. that did affect my overall experience reading and enjoying the the series, even revisiting it. I was like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, that would have been and, so awesome." Like, me and Birdie, <laughs> yeah, me and Birdie, uh, we talk about it a lot on anime, where like the release schedule of a manga greatly affects the quality of the manga for the reader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, you sure you can come back to it and be like, read it all in one chunk and be like, oh, that was really great. But you'll never really forget that first experience going into this. And, and you know, what I mean, like watching things develop, you need to come out as a fast enough clip. That's what I mean. This shit should be judged on its original you know what I mean? Like really schedule as well. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I know some people they don't. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's horde people. They are beginning to swarm fucking uh, Vite Tower or whatever it's called. There are people with like the signs with like the fucking like no slash through Osmandius' face. There's one lady holding up a sign that says "Make America Safe Again." And it's in the middle of all that. There's a dude that just says "The end is here." 
Yeah. yeah what I guess other so. <laughs> reason would he have to make that sign other than the dude who drew it knew that he knew that Watchmen was a thing? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> I guess it's a it's a way that they were trying to capture it right out the gate, that whole Watchmen thing, but unnecessary at this point. <laughs> yeah, they, they, all, they also try to capture it with uh, the with the uh, inner monologue going over it, all of it done in the same kind of like broken ish, yeah. scratchy writing of a Rorschach style narration. Which, which I think he doesn't, he, he doesn't do a bad job at actually. I think Jeff John stepped up like some of his like writing in, in this, in this uh, particular series. Uh, you know, some people I know aren't a fan of that. Uh, you may, I don't know what you, how you feel about it, but I thought that he did a pretty good uh, fake Alan Moore take in some parts of this, like the Rorschach journals. I thought the Dr. Manhattan, this is happening. Now this is happening type thing. It, like he, he, he captured some of it. Well, he's no Alan Moore, but I think he did a pretty serviceable job. It kind of feels like Zack Snyder. Okay. <laughs> With the doom and gloom fucking, uh, no, 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 not the doom and gloom stuff. Like you watch the Watchmen movie. Yeah. And it is close. Right. Just kind okay. of just, yeah. just kind of just missing the mark. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. Where yeah, this, no, absolutely. Where this is a bit closer, but like uh, we'll get into a bit later with some of the Manhattan stuff. It, it just misses the mark. It's closer than what um, than what a fucking uh, Snyder or, or did. sorry. Yeah. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Because with Zack Snyder, he was he would like get dialogue straight from the comic and then he would also get like images imagery straight from the comics but then he would also miss a lot of the point like like in in watchmen like that series is fucking violent and bloody as hell and it's not supposed to be cool mm. right like like fucking um like uh night owl and silk specter versus the fucking not tops like in the comic that just fucking shows like the fucking brutality of the goddamn world in the Zack snyder thing is this fucking sick ass dope knife fight mm-hmm. with like fucking you know speed ramping and all the other shit that he did that he does I have a question. Did you watch the the new HBO series? I watched the pilot and got immediately disinterested. I heard I haven't watched it either. I haven't watched any of it. Uh, I plan on it at some point, but it, even though it takes it takes place in the future. Yeah, it takes here. place. I think it, it's a Lindelof it, show. It, yeah, right? it takes it's, place in the present world of Watchmen, but also ignores a bunch of stuff that happened in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard from a lot of people, though, um, fans of the comic, like diehards, that they actually really enjoyed the show. So that's yeah, why probably, kind of I'll, probably, I'll probably give it a check. I'll probably check it out again. The thing I found funny right. about that show was how many people got super pissed off that they turned Rorschach into like the fucking poster child for the right wing. Right, 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 right. I heard <laughs> that was that. hilarious. Yeah. Because yeah. like that. But anyone doesn't know. Rorschach was far right. <laughs> and a psychopath. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anywho. Yes, as people are storming the tower um, with with the Rorschach style thing going like, we shared the American dream. This is the American nightmare, brother. It's the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we then get some news footage uh, talking about... Um, how the uh, vice president has shot and killed the attorney general. Um, shit's going ridiculous with the fucking in Israel. Uh, people are like launching all kinds of different attacks. Uh, North Korea is like, hey, yeah, we can hit fucking Texas now, you assholes. There's there's a border wall. The president of the United States scored a hole in one. Because, you know, Trump. Yeah, I remember when we initially read this, you felt like 
I don't know if you still feel this way, but well, because of certain current events that have happened recently, even revisiting this, I felt, um, yeah, it was uh, the, just the om like the dread, like the om ominous, like like yeah, the, like, like, we, like we 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 were reading this the year after Trump got elected. Yeah, and so we and were like, I remember so we were me like, feeling uneasy mm. while reading this. Yeah, yeah, I, I it's weird. Like I mean, it definitely like this, did capture this time. I think, yeah, in, yeah, in a sense, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it captured 2019 and 1992. Because <laughs> that's the thing. This is 1992, right? And you know, as because we, we're in the Watchmen universe at this point, yeah, yeah that's and right. And as we yeah. learned a bit later, the president that they're talking about is Robert Redford. <laughs> you know the actor? Yes. Yeah, I know. I know who Robert Redford is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's actually a bit weird now. Like like rereading this after all the fucking World War Three news has come about. The main right. thing I was thinking of was just how how much I didn't like this. Not because of like you know the f- weird sense of dread or whatever, but just how fucking on the goddamned nose it is. Yeah, and I mean, like one can argue at the time, like uh, post, like you know. Cold War stuff that was like very evident in the original Watchmen um, comic as well um, of its time. You could say he was trying to capture that kind of feeling going into this, but at the same time, it's like it's not something you really want to read while you know what I mean while it's happening. And I wonder if the but and also some people thought it was just like a an easy move to make. Like, of course you're going to make it like this Trump shit put it in here. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so, I don't know how much I agree with it or that I, uh, so much that I loved it. Um, so I'm curious as to how this will age, you know what I mean? Moving forward, if this is ever something I were to revisit, but anyways, yeah. Yes. Anywho. Um, yeah, so that's all happening as the news then switches over to various reports talking about how the manhunt is on for fucking Ozymandias. They want to fucking find him. A uh, bunch of soldiers that are seen um, invading uh, his like Arctic fortress. Mm-hmm. At which point they find no one, as well as a bunch of fucking uh, like as well as a bunch of X-rays of some dude's head, which we'll learn in a second. Uh, as all news channels switch over to state-controlled media. Coming from there to a prison, as Rorschach is there. Wait a minute, I thought he was dead. Don't worry, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Rorschach has about the prison um, getting, doing his, you know, regular narration, which doesn't feel as, it feels weird because Rorschach, because this Rorschach isn't writing anything down ever. He doesn't have a journal. So... Yeah, they're just kind of doing this for the sake of, hey, Rorschach. Rorschach gets to the cell you're looking for. Uh, two countries, um, I believe Russia and the U.S., launch their nukes. Mm-hmm. And, like, what happened to the Watchmen uh, at this point in time is also unclear. Like, they make note of, like, you don't really know. Like, as it goes on, <clears throat> there's mention of of uh you know the original Rorschach and uh and the owl or whatever his name was um night owl 
Night Owl, sorry. Um, like you, you hear mention and 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 uh, like you you see his ship and like and like sometimes they they explain uh, in passing like what happened to certain people and Rorschach is supposedly dead and stuff. But like overall, though, you're not really you're not really clear. Um, like what, what, where the, all the other characters at are at this point in time, right? And and I don't think they do a great job explaining either throughout. Like he he kind of leaves, he kind of has his main players in this, and he's like, I got my Rorschach, I got Ozymandias here, I got maybe some other people that end up showing up throughout, but he doesn't use all the characters in this. So no, he doesn't. But that's because, like, I, I will give that to Je- I'll give that to Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, he actually respected the decisions of the characters enough to keep them where they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much so that there was a thing that's going to be happening up in one of the future issues where again, I was very pissed about at the time. And then after the fact, the way they dealt with it, I was like, okay, I was like, I was actually okay with it. So he did, he did, didn't do as bad as a disservice to this. I feel as at least the reaction that people initially gave from the before Watchmen stuff. Cause I remember people being very much upset about that because they were going back and playing with all the characters and, and trying to find places in between the story that they could insert new stories about these people. Whereas in this, he's like, I'm just using some of these characters. I'm putting them in a whole different setting. I'm putting them in the DC universe. And and again, that's that could be blasphemy to some. I understand if you hold Watchmen that sacred. But, you know, I don't think he destroyed anything you can't take back. Watchmen still stands on its own, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, this is the sequel not, the sequel not rewriting what already happened. Right, right. Yes, Rorschach, he finds a cell and opens it up to reveal a new character, Erica Manson, the marionette. As he offers her a job um, to like say, hey, come with me to do this stuff. I'll tell you where I'll tell you where your fucking kid is. Yeah. And we also learned this is not real Rorschach because this guy is black. Yeah. Yeah. He takes his glove off. and Yeah. takes Like she, she's freaking out. It's like, oh, shit, Rorschach, I thought you were dead. Prove to me you're not real Rorschach. Takes off his glove black. The fuck you dressing like that for, dude? <laughs> I kind of, I this this whole thing kind of really endeared me, kind of to both Marionette and the new Rorschach. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, were the two characters you mentioned prior to starting the the breakdown of these issues? Was it Mime and Marionette? Because I love those characters. They're, they're, okay. they're the best. Okay. And and uh, speaking of Rorschach, though, I will also say, although this isn't uh, Rorschach, we'll, we'll actually a very yeah, yeah, a very unlikable character in Watchmen. As far as I'm concerned, I know I know people love him, but that's oh, no, a, that's like, he's like, a Rorschach he's a is bad, great. He's the worst. He's a, that's what I mean. He is a bad character, but not that because he's a bad character because he's an awful fucking person. No, <laughs> like, he's, he, he's a he's a terrible person. Good character. Yes, thank you. That's that. That's what I was trying to articulate. <laughs> yes, but yeah. So she. Yeah, so she decides to help out for the location of her fucking kid, um, and only agrees to go with uh, only agrees to go with Rorschach after they help break out her husband, uh, the mime, who we see just kind of hanging out in a cell as the as the prison is fucking freaking the dick out. Everyone's beating up a guard. They start beating the fuck out of him as soon as he sees his wife, and they're like, "Hey, we're going." She's like, "All right, cool." Kills them all, And then heads off to go get his equipment that they need before they can leave, which is an invisible belt, an invisible gun, and invisible other things. Yes. 
Like he like he is miming all of this stuff. Like he mimes reaching into an empty locker, pulling out a belt, putting that on, reaches in, pulls another thing, puts that on the belt, pulls out a gun. Yeah, and Rorschach's like, hurry the fuck up. He's, <laughs> like, like, he's just like, <laughs> like, let's fucking go, dude. God yeah, damn it. Like he's like, you know, like he's like, look how crazy this guy is, Rorschach's thinking. <laughs> Because yeah. just because the invisible fucking guns, which <laughs> I do love that. And 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 we've talked about it before. These characters are based basically on the Punch and Julie characters, which I think were also Char- uh, Charlton characters, which uh, originally, which um, Alan Moore's, the, that's basically what all the Watchmen characters are based off of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, anyway, they escape. Uh, they make a joke about race. Just a really, really. It's a bad joke in that it is just dumb. Like they get out to fucking Rorschach's car and then they go, my grandpa had one same color too, shit brown, to which Rorschach goes, color irrelevant. He's black. I actually actually didn't count that. I I didn't catch that. (laughs) I have these issues up as we're going through them. Yeah, yeah, no, I actually have it on my iPad as well. I'm just scrolling through. Um, Yeah, but uh, I didn't catch that on the initial... I guess through two reads, I didn't catch that. So good job. <laughs> yep. Anywho, uh, yeah. So they make their way back into the city uh, as everyone is either fleeing or rioting. Uh, head into the sewers and begin make and uh, eventually make their way over to uh, the Night Owl's little secret lair, mm. where they find Archie. They find uh, they find like a bunch of other paraphernalia that. Uh, wouldn't that Dan had left before had left behind before he and uh, Laura Lori yeah Lori Lori just fuck off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they reveal it's awesome India so he got a new cat that's a little yeah, baby bubastis bubastis that's a little bubastis I like the cat as a cat I it's a whole yeah. other thing it is. <laughs> Yeah, so and they have been talking uh, just kind of like about the plan about what's happening um, and why these guys need my marionette. They're going to find God, which is to say they're going to find fucking Dr. Manhattan because at the end of Watchmen, he left the universe. Yeah, and and Ozymandias now is is, you know, it may not be as clear at this point, but he's basically concocted a plan to bring him out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, get him yeah, he, yeah, to, his, yeah, his plan has failed. The world is falling back into chaos. And so he wants to go find the most powerful being in existence and say, hey, could you help me with this? Right. And also he is dying of cancer. Yes. He reveals that. Yeah, he has a tumor uh, in his uh, brain. And uh, yeah. Yeah, like as thing like as things are being revealed in this, it's like cutting back and forth in between what's happening in Night Owl's lair and then what's happening in the rest of the world. As more as like you know, Vite Towers being fucking destroyed, prison riots are going wild. There's missiles flying. Mm. So if we if we miss one or two things, uh, you know, yeah, for the sake of time, there's just a lot. Yeah, and then and then the issue ends with uh, with the Superman waking up from a nightmare, which is like kind of the foreshadowing of everything to come, right? Yeah, like- he, wake, yeah he wakes up from a nightmare um, where his parents die in a car crash. Right. Which again, it's actually an important scene. It felt like a, a throwaway scene, like a foreshadowing, of course, but but. Uh, Important in some sense because they do come back. Like you know, what I mean, that is something that yeah. They well, come here's back the thing: like, this 
it's not I don't think it's actually foreshadowing. What this is, I think, is this is him having a dream of his time in the new 52 universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is touched upon, I mean, later on. Yeah, yeah, this scene. yeah we, we get, like, fucking Dr. Manhattan's involved. Time travel is a thing. Right. Because, yeah, apparently... I... Was time travel part of Dr. Manhattan's powers? I, I know I know that he existed at all points in his timeline simultaneously. Yeah, he controls, like, he, he can bounce around, like, all time and space. So, like, well, and, could, it's, it's not that he bounces around all time and space. It's that he exists in all points in time in his own timeline at the same time. He can go anywhere he wants in space, but he just kind of is in all points in time. And you're really, asking if, if he could go back and actually change the outcome of things, like, play around with it like he did in this series. Yeah, exactly. Like, from what I remember of Watchmen, he didn't. He he did it more so so he could just observe different times, uh, whether or not he actually changed the outcome of anything. I don't think so. And I think that's why that's actually a good point, because I don't recall that either. And I believe that is also like the crux. Like this is one of the main issues that I think Ozymandias is having now, because essentially for in order for him to save I think he has the power to do so, or at least he is, um, he does in this series, but he doesn't do it. Like, he never chooses to change anything. And I think that's the reason why, that's a good point, why Ozymandias is actually having that problem where he's actually trying to coerce him into changing the outcome of what's happening to their world right now. Right? So, yeah, that's, that, is a, that is a, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know if he was been able to do that. In this, he is. He's he's able to. But we don't. I don't know if he's ever he ever did change anything in Watchmen. He kind of just observed different times, right? Yeah. Again, all things that he was there for. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I maybe that is something he added to the uh, to the canon by kind of put uh, doing this series. Um, maybe. Anyway. Yeah. End of the issue. Clock ticks, clock ticks forward 11 minutes to midnight. And then we get our obligatory end of the ish, end of issue fucking non-comic book stuff because it's a Watchmen story. Right. As an issue yeah. from the New York Gazette uh, kind of like breaks down, um, you know, breaks down information about, you know, the the truth about Osmandis being released. Um and all kinds of other shit like that. Uh, and then a, then a slattering of other uh, news stories. Uh, one kind of di- kind of like uh, getting more into um, the history of Robert Redford becoming president, as well as this uh, like global initiative that Ozymandias kind of put himself behind uh, for, global dis- for global disarmament. Mm-hmm. A snippet of a story about a guy who, about a guy who like uh, stole Rorschach's journal. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, so a guy, yeah, so the guy who found Rorschach's journal at the fucking um the new frontiersman, he got murdered and the journal got stolen. A man was arrested, but then he was found it, but he was found innocent. Uh, and then there is a obituary entry for Mister Byron Lewis, who some of you may know as Mothman from the Minutemen. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's issue one. It. Mm. on issue yeah, two. It- it's okay. It's yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Moving on to issue two. Uh, we learn a bit more about uh, the history between um, my marionette and Dr. Manhattan and why they're actually on this fucking mission. Yeah. 
Yeah. He tasks he, he gives them their task uh, of robbing the bank uh, yeah. basically to to um you know to get Dr. Manhattan's att- attention essentially. Oh no, they weren't ordered to rob the bank. They did like it's it's cutting back and forth between the past and the present of them right. of them Sorry. suiting up to, right. of them suiting up to go on their fucking mission. And then security cam footage of the reason they're on the mission, which is they went to rob a bank. <coughs> right. That's uh, right. And we're right. successfully doing so uh, as we get a look at some of their um, as we get a look at like them in costume as well as them in action. And I really like these two. Yeah, they're great. Like like they have like they have a great costume. Uh, why the costume wise they have a great looking. They have a great look to them. Uh, both of them in just full on matching regalia as a mime and a marionette. Um, marionette it seems like she either has naturally or was just or was just drawn that way or draws them on herself like joints. Like if if you look draws at, them on, yeah. You like if you look at uh, the. If, if you look at like any any point where like her arms are shown, there's like a it looks like like her forearm is like attached to her uh, to her like you know upper arm with like a fucking li- like like a fucking puppet or an action figure or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's an artistic choice or what, but I I think it's neat. Yeah, and then, and then when you get to the, like the classic doomsday clock like nine panel grid like particularly i really enjoyed the marion um the mime scene where he like slams his face up against the glass of the bank teller yeah and then, <laughs> and then, and then he like, just holds his hand out with like holds he, his hand out with nothing in it she's like oh god don't kill me i have a son yeah and then you get and then you get the two panels of him one smashing his face through the glass and then the, the panel beside it her like shocked face with the glass is just like flinging it really great job i i i i don't think i've said this yet probably gary frank probably the work of his career i think this this is he did a great job on this series i gotta say yeah this, as this much is, as this is really good yeah. there's some moments in it that i'm not super down for just like facial expression wise but for the most part yes. like the panel layout and the way it, like the like the quality of the of the art is usually rock solid throughout he did a great job he did a great job yeah and and that was that's what i was gonna say is that even though i'm not like i like gary frank's art but uh, again like you just pointed out with the facial expressions i have a problem a lot of the times because i think that he puts too much line details in a lot of his faces yeah a lot of them yeah to the point where one of my buddies once said to me oh he would like he saw me like looking at a comic of gary frank or or i was at a a shop and he's just like oh gary frank uh the guy that always makes all his characters look like uh crackheads (laughs) and ever since he said that i've never been able to get that picture out of like that line out of my head and i see (laughs) like i see all the line details on like on these people i'm just like oh it's too much too much line detail (laughs) it worked out for dr manhattan i'll say in this because it looked like the actual Dr. Manhattan from the comic, like the original one. Like there's times in this where you see flashes of like, he's basically um, doing his best version of a Dave Gibbons. Uh, yeah. There, there, there are, there are multiple recreations of panels from Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he does a great job at the, those I'll say, but yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, we, yeah. All, we also get, a, we also get a look at a marionette, how she fights where she has like a piano wire in between her gloves that she does like, you know, a bunch of acrobatic <laughs> shit and just cuts dudes with it. Awesome. These two are a deadly fucking pair. These two. <laughs> they are great. Yeah, they, these two are what marketing teams and people who don't read comics think Joker and Harley Quinn are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because like Joker and Harley Quinn are. If anyone reads comics, you know, it is a toxic, abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. This is a relationship between two psychopaths that is built entirely on mutual respect and trust. 
Yeah. And like for yeah. real love. Yeah. And it is great. But anyway, so yeah, they are, they are robbing a bank, getting ready to get, we're getting ready to fuck shit up. Then Dr. Manhattan pops in, thankfully wearing trunks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's, one of the only times during this series. <laughs> yeah. He's about, he's about to kill Mime. Marionette jumps in front and then he, and then he decides not to kill her because guess what? She's pregnant. Right. Where at this point you're very unclear as to his connection to her and this baby. Yeah. Which at first I was I thought it could have even been his for some reason that he was <laughs> I wasn't sure. Well, no, I just wasn't sure. I was no, just I, like no, I, I know just yeah. just at that point you're just like okay, why the fuck does this matter? Right. Right. And and again, a year and a half from now, you found out. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, that's uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But- so, anywho, uh, they all get into Archie, uh, Night Owl's flying ship, which Osmanius has been working on turning into something that could follow fucking Manhattan's goddamn time signature or whatever, or his weird tachyon bullshit. They fly up into the sky as the nukes almost hit. He hits a button, and they poof over into the fucking... And they poof over into a different scene with Batman. Mm-hmm. As Batman is taking a psychological evaluation for his company. And outside there are more riots trying to take down fucking Batman. Because of something they introduced called the Superman theory. Yeah, which is what, like 94% of the metahumans are American or something like that? Yes, yeah, so, like- so they haven't gotten into detail about it at this point. They just say like a... Like, like they say, Gotham is one Batman. Lucius Fox is talking about like, oh, the world's going upside down because of this thing. It's all started with fucking Rex Mason and Kirk Langstrom, but now it's after you. And then Batman's mm-hmm. like, fuck, yeah, okay, I gotta go do Batman stuff. God. <laughs> and they don't they don't get into what the Superman theory actually is until later. But yeah, it's like ninety seven percent of superhumans on Earth are American. Right. Right. Why? Right. Right. But anyway, so yeah, they yeah, Archie crashes down in a fucking amusement park. Oz ties Oz like handcuffs uh my marionette in Archie, grabs his cat, and they head out into the world as a as they pass by a TV that pl- is playing a Nathaniel Dusk movie. And Which this this is basically is, like the pirate story of this, yeah, right? This, this is That's the tale of I- Black Raider. Right. Okay. That's what I took it as. But Nathaniel Dusk is an actual character from like I think the '80s or something from DC. They did do comics of him. Probably. Um, so he, yeah. No, they did. I've I, like I look. I had I had to look that up previously because I wasn't sure. But yeah, he is a character that existed, and he was like a private eye kind of kind of mm. dude. Yeah. And yeah, we'll get more into that. We'll get more into Nathaniel Dusk when he comes up more. <laughs> hmm. Because like some of the part, some of the marketing going into this was like, hey, Nathaniel Dusk and Carver Coleman, the guy who plays them, are going to be fucking real important to the story. Uh, I mean, it went far. I will say it was more interesting than the fucking pirate story. That I hated that part of Watchmen. Like for me, I really, really, and I think a lot of people feel that way about that. I, I was just like, I don't fucking get it. Like I, I, enj- like, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like, like I didn't, I, I didn't get it either. I'm gonna be honest. Like, but as a right. story, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it. The what it said about the world because. Yeah, Alan Moore talking in interviews and stuff. He's like, yeah, so this is a world with for real superheroes. I'm not going to have comic books about that because that's too fucking mundane. What do they have instead? Oh, pirates. Mm-hmm. 
And then finding out later from people who like who are smarter that the whole story is about fucking like well well the story does have like a more more like you know uh, significant significant ties to stuff that's happening in the in the issues where the comic t- takes place. The entire comic is right. the story of Ozymandias. Right. So that whole thing's neat. I, well, that that's the thing. Like I I know that obviously Alan Moore is a way smarter <laughs> human being than I am, but it's just like um and and it, I knew I know it served a purpose. Like I know it did. I just at the time I was like I don't like why am I reading this? I want to fucking read more about the Watchmen. So I know like just as a as a as a person uh, reading the comic, it wasn't as an enjoyable experience to me and. And uh, whereas this, again, same thing, I, I didn't care as much about the Nathaniel Dusk stuff, but it did tie into, I think, the more the story more evidently as than the pirate stuff did. Like, it didn't go over my head, right? But okay, um, it yeah. did me. The, the Nathaniel I Dusk did, stuff, yeah, I okay, yeah, I didn't really get the connection to it until I. Till the actors gets introduced. That's the only parts I got. I didn't understand. Like I, I thought I was just like, oh, this is a pirate story. Well, no, right? I, I, I read, I read a thing on Reddit that had a that had an explanation of the Nathaniel Dusk stuff that I found interesting. Okay, but anyway, we'll get into that. So yeah, okay. Rorschach and Oz break into a library to find out more information about this world. Uh, find, uh, find, find people identified as the two smartest people on Earth: Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. Why Bruce Wayne? I don't know. Yeah, that's not that's not that the is case. not it at all. Yeah, Luther, I can understand. Yeah, but, Luth- uh, Luther is Mister Terrific is smarter than Batman. You know what I mean? Like Mister Terrific, instance. Ray Palmer, Ryan Choi. Yep. Yep. Fuck the Toy Man. I don't know. So yeah, that that wasn't. I mean. Uh, yeah, he clearly just wanted to use Batman. I'm sure that's why he's like, okay, I'll just make him more. He is smart, obviously, but he in the top ten of smartest DC characters, they've even said he's like more in like the seven eight area, I believe. Yeah. Right? Also, yeah. Also, that's Batman. Bruce Wayne, Playboy philanthropist, businessman. Right. 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 No. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Rorschach breaks into Wayne Manor, eats pancakes that were left for Bruce. And finds the Batcave incredibly easily. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a note about that here, too. I'm glad because I wrote that down. I was like, how did he just get like, from one page to the next stroll in there? He's like, oh, like, look, a is, clock, obviously. this is <laughs> It is ridiculous. <laughs> he obviously did not want to spend any time explaining how he would have got on the ground. He's just like, hey, and then like no one's around, like <laughs> like Alfred's oh, in okay. bed I'm, for okay, some I'm reason. At it now, okay, yeah, now this makes more sense. It's still stupid. <laughs> so he's eating. You see on the ground next to him the tin foil covering that were covering the pancakes. It's on the ground. It all of a sudden gets bl- kicked up by something. Looks over. Huh? A wall. Let's bend over. Oh, hey, a clock. Let me let me put a match to that. There's wind coming from behind the clock. Door. <laughs> No, but like, how did he even you, get in the kitchen that easily? He's like, just strolling oh, around Wayne Manor. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you look in one of the panels, there's an open window. You know, like Batman would do. And like, meanwhile, like you know, Alfred's like in bed. It's yeah, Al- like, yeah Alfred's just fucking hanging out, just just like upstairs, just sleeping, dreaming about shotguns. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. That was, that was stupid. I agree. I'm like, I'm like, I know you need to get get these characters to meet each other quick, but I'm like, come on, like, it just strolls in. Yeah, it is. He strolls in. Batman's fucking bat sense starts tingling because he trips a sensor. Cut over to Lex Luthor, whose shit is all on fucking fire. Fires a bunch of scientists. Walks into his office and finds Ozymandias, who's staring at an image of angels and men. Because you, you. Yeah, and then gets shot by the comedian who shows up. Yep. Get, yep, he shows up at the end of the issue. Mime and Marionette escapes because Mime has an invisible lockpick in his mouth. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Rorschach walking around the fucking, uh, walking around the Batcave says only monsters would keep trophies like this. Yeah, I made note of that too. I liked, I liked, uh, I liked his perspective on Batman um, by saying that. I thought, I thought that was it. I mean, it's not the first time anyone's thought Batman is also crazy like that. But you kind of, you could see he was trying to match up that parallel of these are two damaged fucking people, this new Rorschach and Batman, and they both, you know, have a weird outlook on on the world. That's what I got from it. I was like, oh, that's interesting, like that he thinks that about him. Yeah, I saw it um, a little bit more as like trying to sound condescending to Batman. Mm, like okay. it, like it, fe- like a lot of this feels. The first half of this series fucking dunks on Batman hard, right? And what this felt like was, hey, here's here's a new Rorschach. You know, Rorschach. He's like he's like kind of like Batman, but gooder. Hmm. So he comes so he comes in and sees all these fucking things and it's like, oh, Batman's got this fucking insane thing. He's got a giant penny in the T-Rex and blah. And so then Rorschach, a dude who a dude whose best love in life is fucking pancakes. Right. Would be like, fucking fucking motherfuckers, piece of shit. Just give trophies and stuff. Like he actually says, like Kovacs, the original Rorschach, caught so many fucking criminals because they couldn't let go of the past. And he actually and actually compares Batman to Ozmandius. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, with the trophies and stuff for sure. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, comedian shows up. Hey, he's not dead. He shot Luther in the fucking tit. Yeah. This pissed me off when I first read this. Especially, yeah, going into the next issue here. It really pissed me off. Yep, and then initially. Batman and Rorschach. Brr. We ate my breakfast. Yeah, I did. Clocks at ten to midnight. And then we get an explanation as to what the Superman theory actually is in the post stuff. So the Superman theory, which I hate the name of Mm -hmm. and the way that people talk about it. It's like, I'm not involved with the Superman theory. And it's like, yeah, you're not involved with the theory. The, a theory is a fucking, the, the theory. I don't think this, I don't think this is what a theory is. (laughs) <laughs> like a theory is an, is a proposed explanation to a question right and this actually is a thing um in the, in this article that they talk about where the superman theory began making around six months ago um proposed by a markovian geneticist uh that sought to answer the question why are the vast majority of the plants metahumans american with the main thing kind of being thrown out there is that is that documents and stuff have started being released uh, that kind of point to 
a huge number of the metahumans, a huge number of the metahumans that are out and active were created by the American government as basically sleeper cell agents playing super superheroes and super villains mm. waiting, waiting for the day they get activated. Right. And I mean, like, as you progress through the series, I took it more as like, this is like an analog of, you know, uh, people having problems with, uh, you know, other people from other countries that are different from them. And therefore it caused like some sort of a, you know, warlike scenario between the, the, the other countries, like I think it's Russia and Kondok and all that as you continue throughout the, throughout the yeah, series. Russia, right? Kondok, Markovia, Calcutta, um, right. Israel. Um, you know, so it's, it's not like, uh, he's trying very hard not to make it seem that way. Cause that is what he's trying to basically, you know what I mean? Like that's again, that's, it's, 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 um, it's, inter- it's weird to read this right now with everything going on. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, um, especially now, cause, cause when this first started out and it started going in that direction again, almost two years ago, right now. Yeah. You know, anyways, we don't have to get into that whole fucking aspect of it because yeah, well, not. The, so, yeah, um, yeah. They, they mentioned earlier in this issue, um, Rex Mason, Metamorpho, and Kirk Langstrom, the man bat, and those guys are yeah. both mentioned in this article at the end of the, at the end of the thing, uh, where leaked documents from the U.S. Department of Metahuman Affairs, um, reveal that Metamorpho was a secret agent who was specifically chosen to ex- to be experimented on to find to go like to turn into Metamorpho as part of a U.S. government-funded experiment. And then Langstrom, um, similarly from those docu- uh then Langstrom actually admitted that the research that turned him into the Man Bat was sponsored by the Department of Metahuman Affairs. Hmm. From there, uh, we learn that uh, LexCorp and Wayne Enterprises are both essentially vying for anybody they anybody they can find that's connected to um, any kind of any kind of work regarding the regarding research into the metagene mm-hmm. as well as metahuman biology. Uh, LexCorp is, I believe from these articles currently winning kind of that race of getting people involved. Uh, but multiple people from um, Wayne enterprises were arrested for being corporate spies for Luther. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good job. Dead man reading it, all the extra material at the end of this issues, which does just go to show you that there is a lot of that. It looks like they added a lot of story even throughout those articles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> Like like Watchmen too, right? I mean, all the text pieces in Watchmen yeah. were also pretty. Um, yeah, it was all relevant. part of the world. It was all part of world building. Yeah, no, great uh, job covering all that. That's good, man. I, yeah. I did not read all of those this time around. This rereading, so uh, and then initially the fi- I did. Um, yeah. Great job. And, and then the final thing is just an article written by Lois Lane, talking with quotes from Superman, saying like, "Hey, let's all fucking keep calm. Lex is a piece of shit." <laughs> Issue three. Uh, so with issue three, um, we get a flashback to the night that the comedian dies. Yeah, I fucking hated this the first time I read this. <laughs> I fucking was livid. I don't know if you remember. We talked about oh, it. On yeah, the show. You I was, were pissed. This is where I was just like, oh, this is an interesting story. So for, <laughs> then this third issue I was like, fuck this. You can't change the story. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this made me mad because I was like, I'm like, this is the thing I did not want. Like John's has gone back and changed something now. I was really mad. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it is the night that Osmandius throws Edward Blake out of the fucking window um, and to and like fair play to um, Brad Anderson, the colorist. Yeah, he matched that shit as close as he fucking could. 
Yeah. Because like it's still it's still Gary Frank's art, and so it's not you know it's not Dave Gibbons, uh, and the and at this point he's not trying to be, but no, it gets no. that same exact feeling. Well, yeah. I guess it gets as close to that feeling as possible, largely through the coloring. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a moment in like one of the last issues where they showed like them the um, the Martian thing, and the colors are like pitch perfect to the art like it looks like like they ripped the panel right out of the book like that's how good he got the colors on it so yeah yeah good 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 uh good call yeah they it, he did it again the art team on this did a did a pretty awesome job they did um, the they did the best they could yeah yeah and the best they they can do is really fucking good yeah yeah no it's you know yeah, so he gets fucking thrown out um, as he is falling. The world folds away as he then all of a sudden finds himself in the ocean. Off the coast of Metropolis as he swims to shore and hey, there's Dr. Manhattan. Cut back to the fight inside inside fucking Lex Luthor's office. Lex is still bleeding out of his fucking tit. Uh, two of them are getting into a big old brouhaha with with the comedian getting an upper hand at points. Uh, Oz turns out the lights, trying to get hit, trying to switch things back over to his side. Um, manages to dodge multiple bullets before getting hit in the head with a ricochet and then diving out the fucking window. And they also explain the fact that it was Doc Manhattan who sent him. Like, like all you see is his kind of feet as he kind of, like he said, he comes up out of the water. Well, no, there, he, he but, says, uh, like he says, hello, Blake, and then and walks up next to him, drops his button. Right. So, I mean, yeah, this was his doing. He's obviously uh, sick uh, comedian after him because he knows that he hates him and that, uh, and, you know, that he's been fucking with him as well. Like, it, Manhattan has already caught on, I think, at this point, is is what you're... That's what I got out of this, like, of what occurred, you know, from the previous uh, issue, where that he's trying to fuck around with him, right? Yeah, so I would think like, that, it, too, if Manhattan cared about people. That's the thing. Like, you don't... He doesn't, like and this, he normally like doesn't... this is a supervillain move. It is, but that is... is what I got out of this, that is what occurred here. Like, why Why else would he, res- like, why would he change? Again, like you said, the implementation of him changing time. Like, he went back, plucked him out of that time where he was about to die, and brought him here. So, just basically so he could, he can um, disrupt uh, Osmandius's plans, right? So, he's already kind of playing into his game this early on. And, yeah, and but normally he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it, you're right. Yeah, it's th- interesting. This, yeah, this doesn't feel like Doctor Manhattan decided to do this to fuck with Osmandius. This feels like Jeff Johns decided to do this to fuck with Osmandius. He needed yeah to connect point A to point B here, and you're right. That is probably a uh, a bad move on his part because it doesn't feel like uh, yeah 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 because fucking because like Oz is a guy who who for a brief moment actually fucking outsmarted and bested a man who can see into every point in time that he exists in. Right. Why would he then, why would he then go, Hey, I know what I'll do. This guy's coming. This guy's coming to do something to me. I'll bring back the guy that he beat. Mm -hmm. Comedian is so again, though, uh, uh, different than both of them where he's basically just like the brute force that you know what i mean like looks at like the absurdity of life and doesn't really fucking care about any of this shit and yeah he kind of he right like so 
So it's interesting to throw it is interesting to throw him into the mix. And especially because, you know, for things that come later on, it's cool to have the comedian actually in this world playing around with these characters. Like, I liked some of the stuff he contributed to the story. But, again, it pissed me off initially that he was even involved. Like, the reason, like, like he's a character who he was dead, and I thought, okay, now you're actually bringing him into the DCU, and he's alive again. I'm like, that's kind of bullshit, right? So, I get why he wanted to play around with it, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, he, so yeah Oz escapes, um crashes through a whole bunch of shit and then lands in a car, lands in the roof of a car. Real fucked up. Come back to the Batcave where uh, Rorschach uh, gives gives Batman a real Rorschach's journal. Like, hey, read this. Here's what's happening. Then we can, then we can decide where to go from there. Ugh, fuck. My the marionette, they get out of the ship and head into the fucking city. I was like, whoa, this is gotta be way, whoa. Let's go get drunk. Whoa, okay. Uh Batman reads the book very slowly for Rorschach. Um Batman says, hey, go clean up. Uh, and then we cut over to a nursing home. Where a bunch of old people are watching a news report on the on the Superman theory as well as some of the riots. Um, where this this thing is the first like in story explanation of what the Superman theory actually is, mm-hmm. where it talks about you know ninety seven percent talks about Helg Jace, it talks about um Rex Mason and Kirk Langstrom, as well as a new person, uh, Lady Clayface. Mm-hmm. And then we also see Johnny Thunder, uh, the yeah. saddest old man. <laughs> just waiting for his family to come pick him up for dinner oh man he is he is so sad yeah I mean like throughout <laughs> throughout yeah, this he, story he, gets so, pretty, he, is, he gets shitted on so hard he does he does um, I love the Mime and Marionette bar uh, tussle though I must say yeah that uh, happens after this Again, yeah, nice, nice, big highlight of the issue for me. It was like whenever yeah. they showed up, it was just fun, you know. <laughs> I was like, okay, again, I don't know. I, we, I remember reading this initially. We're like, I don't know what the fuck these characters have to do with any of these people, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is the first, and this is the first issue where we get some of the some of the Nathaniel Dusk stuff as the adjournment, the final film from uh, the final Nathaniel Dusk film before its star Carver Cole was murdered with his own Oscar. Right. Uh, yeah, he's sitting there drinking. It's around Christmas time. Some dude's about to come into the office, and then there is. He's like, "Hey, I can't. I can't see the guy's face coming into my office over a panel of Rorschach." You know, because you can't see his face. He goes to get cleaned up. Uh, scratches into his fucking head so hard that he starts bleeding. Yeah, and we get and we get on the actual plot of the movie. Where an old cop buddy of Dusk's shows up and says, "Hey, I got a murder for you." Um, one of the guys is one of the guys is a fucking rich dude. Um, yeah, one of the guys is a rich dude. He's my brother-in-law. The other one is just a fucking old asshole. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to figure out, you know, what the fuck's happening. Yeah. TV then cuts over to a 
biolab in Germany where it explodes and, and there have been reports of a, of a super, of a German superhero known as the wild huntsman fleeing the scene. And then the bar comes over to a, comes over to a Joker affiliated bar where a bunch of gang members inside are haggling a comedian by throwing bottles, bottles at his face. And this is why if you're going to do stand up comedy in a bar, always do one where they have a chicken wire fence. That way, the only thing that'll hit you is the broken glass and the beer and not the actual bottle itself. I, I gotta say, Marionette, great job pouring that drink. <laughs> <laughs> she drops a whiskey bottle, like, you know, like from way up in the air into a small little shot glass, very skillfully. And yeah. last time. <laughs> you, can, you can see it all spilled out. In the t- you, can, you see a bunch of it spilled out on the counter. <laughs> Pretty good still. <laughs> yeah, so they come in um, and they're all dressed up in their clothes and the gang members are like, Yo, you can't fucking do that. This is the Joker's territory. What the fuck are you doing here? Marionette's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Give me whiskey. He pulls out a knife. So mine pulls out his gun, which is nothing. And then also, and then, but it turns out it's also real because the gun's just invisible and he shoots the dude in the face. And they murder everyone in the bar. Good expressions by Gary Frank on the scene where Marionette takes out the wire, though, as well, I think. Um, like, there's a a certain panel where she looks very maniacal before she just uh, where she's like you got pretty eyes and yeah, her fucking yeah, you, you eyes got pretty eyes like, dives at him red but it's just like the panel just turns bright red with a single line throughout it but then that turns into the that turns into the uh the label on the whiskey yeah yeah awesome job yeah i thought that was uh again i like these characters yeah and then the two of them decide to go take down the fucking joker yeah meanwhile more news as Lex Luthor as is alive after the assassination attempt, um, and many believe that this attempt was in response to the metagene detectors, uh, airport scanners that can detect the metagene that are being used by some people's government that are, they're being used by some countries' governments to just fucking find meta positive people and then kidnap them. Places like uh, Pakistani. Uh, Israel, Russia, and Karak. Mm. And it's back at the nursing home as no one will come pick up this sad old man to take him out to fucking dinner. (laughs) Good God. Just just he wants some fucking steak or whatever. (laughs) Just someone bring Johnny Thunder a fucking pizza for the love of God. So it's one of those things is like, look at this forgotten about old ass man. And then that theme just continues. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel so bad for him all the time. And his ending is okay. so unsatisfying. He lands on his feet. He lands without feet. <laughs> yeah. Two old folks are still fighting over the fucking TV remote, switching back and forth between news and the Nathaniel Dusk marathon. Yeah. Where. Dusk heads back to like his old ex-wife's home who died from her from, from her fucking mafioso ex-husband. And there's a Christmas tree in the present that he never opened. And then there's nothing else but memories. Cut to a memory. As we get to see a bit we get to see a bit more of the backstory of the new Rorschach. As he is sitting in his car, as dudes are fucking fighting in front of him in a taxi, and then the squid hits and he goes fucking insane. Yeah. He is one of the people. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically 
um it resulted in him having some like PTSD from this. Yeah, event, yeah. It, right? it was it was yeah. explained uh, in Watchmen that when the squid hit, the the initial people would die from just like fucking massive sonic blast from him from the squid landing. But then anybody yeah. who was like vaguely psychic in the rest of the world would then get images and stuff and like massive flashes. He was like just on the outskirts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wakes up and Batman is sitting there and he goes, "Hey, I know where fucking Doctor Manhattan is. He's in Arkham." <laughs> Let's this part's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they sneak they sneak in on top of fucking prison transport. Batman pulls out his grapple gun. Rorschach pulls out his grapple gun. Is upset because his is bigger and looks worse. <laughs> they get inside. He finds Batman leads him to where the temporal signature is leading, <laughs> which is just the fucking Joker's cell. <laughs> I remember laughing about this when it first came out with you too. I think when we talked about this, it's just so so cartoony. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna lead you here. Do, 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 do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Closing the door on you. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even like they were stinking in. It wasn't even like they were stinking around in Arkham. Like no one in the fucking cells was making a noise. There were no guards there. There were no cameras. It was just Batman walking up with a fucking cell phone in his hand, going, "Dude, I think we're here." Like he's fucking yeah, checking gonna- Google Maps to make sure they're going the right place. Yeah, it's gonna follow you in here. Oh, door's shut. You're an Arkham now. <laughs> it's just Look like, what? No. Let me out. I'm gonna cut your eyes out. No, I mean, oh, I'm lying about that. Please. I don't like being in. I don't like being in mental health facilities. He's like, I read that journal. It was a bunch of fucking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it was just like, it was pretty funny the way they ended. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess I liked it, but it was just so ridiculous. I'm like, this is weird. Yep. And then the after thing is a is an old Hollywood magazine, which it, which has a two page spread um, profile on the murder of Carver Coleman. Yeah. Where he was beaten to death with a fucking Oscar in his own house, and the cops had found a secret room full of clocks, as well as notes that seemed to suggest that he was being blackmailed by someone who claimed to be his mother and had ties to a crime, and had ties to a notorious crime family. Yeah, Carver, there's stuff going here about Carver Coleman. <laughs> Oh, and then from there, a little tabloid thing uh, talking about Rita Farr's dad, Frank, um, a couple dudes from the Easy Company, and then John Law, a a superhero known as the Tarantula. Oh, okay. I had to read a lot of. I had to dig in. I had to dig into a lot of stuff to find out what the fuck, like to find out some of the shit they're referencing in that. Well, he's isn't that like that's like a pulp character, the tarantula, isn't it? Oh like, yeah, that, that's that, that's yeah. like that's like a fucking spirit ripoff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's yeah, that's why it's pulp. Yeah, he's like um, dynamite has done some stuff. I think with that character. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, it's like in the same school as Spirit and Phantom and all those. Yeah, and guys, and right? like yeah. the Green Hornet. Yep. Oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. Yep. Moving on to issue four. Starts out with a stack of pancakes. Red, white, and blue pancakes. What do they taste like? America. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, this is like the Rorschach origin. Yeah, yeah, this, 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 yeah, this is the Rorschach origin story. Yeah. Uh, and it starts out with basically his entire fucking 
with basically the I don't know. I don't know what the word for it is like the mantra of this episode of this issue. Yeah. You see what you want to see. Yeah. It's um, it's also like right. Like with the moth thing you're talking about. Yeah. It's also um, he does like John's again is doing like his best. Like this is Rorschach journal entry type voice like Rorschach. This is Alan Moore writing the Rorschach in jail. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of a lot of like, you know, half sentences. All, all like, like written real weird, few like uh, prepositions and such. But anyway, we learn uh, through a flashback that that this dude, his name is Reggie, Reggie Long. He is the son of Doctor Malcolm Long, the psychiatrist who was interviewing Rorschach in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he. In Arkham, he is doing not well as he was attacked by, as he was like, he was confronted by, uh, where the fuck is that? I wrote down this dude's name. Like the zebra man or whatever. Yes. Zebra man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he bites off a indeterminate part of him. Just, you know, does that he gets carted off to his own cell. They keep going by Mr. Freeze like that's supposed to mean something and it never does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also like Gary Frank within the art, um, he, he, he depicts a lot of scenes in this, like just like even like him looking at the zebra man's forehead, like like kind of captures the Rorschach kind of, you know what I mean? Like the. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like it's look, the, yeah. Looking at looking at the forehead, then it cuts over to a, the shot of a nuclear explosion. Right, and then like later on, you see it when he talks uh, with the silhouette of his uh, roommate kissing. In the of, um, I just think there's a lot of weird, like uh, interesting, like symbolism, like in this issue. Oh no, like, like, like kinda... it's it's not as much symbolism. Like it's so much like it's like matching frames. Like a uh, yeah, like the flashback. There's a flashback of him like um, getting escorted out of like a boarding school or something. It's like a long mm-hmm. shot down a hallway, and then the next panel is him being dragged down the long hallway of Arkham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, good, good, good pull. Yeah, uh, like, and then a little bit later, it's him like watching TV where his dad is like being interviewed. His dad is being interviewed to go into as he begins to go in to interview Rorschach, and like the light from the TV is kind of blowing glue on his face. And the next thing is a mosquito flying into a bug zapper. Right, right, and like the 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 yeah yeah which, no he the, yeah which yeah. that's a weird thing having open bug zappers in the hallways of a mental institution. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it just keeps kind of cutting back and forth in between um, that stuff. Uh, so for now, for now, we're just going to be going for now. I'm just be going down into the flashback stuff and then into the Arkham stuff from now on, just because it's been it's easier that way. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's at university um, kind of uh, talking to his mom on the phone as people behind him are protesting Dr. Manhattan. Uh, he's. His mom's just kind of saying, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, he's, he's making real great progress with fucking Rorschach. It's going to be great. He's going to write that book. And then we're all going to get, we're all going to fuck. It's going to be amazing. And he's like, hey, mom, you sound kind of whatever. And he's like, no, nah, it's fine. It's fucking fine. And then we see him on the bridge as the squid hits. And his parents get fucking eviscerated. Evaporated. I don't know. Uh, as he... As he is then the next time we see him in the past, he is like kind of just like frozen in his car 
as someone's like trying to break down the window like hey it's like the firefighters like hey he's in there we need to get him out they go to bust down the window and then just open the door because like that's that's the thing like we see we see him and and the, and the image on him shifts a bit as we see someone trying to smash the glass in and then we see the next image and the next image is him being pulled out of his car with the door open mm-hmm. and the window intact Yeah, so he is in he's in that mental facility. Um and every time they every time they try to like, you know, fucking take him down or whatever, he keeps seeing like the dead people from New York. As he's like, trying trying to fight his way out, he keeps trying to fight his way out over and over again. Eventually he manages mm-hmm. to. Uh, gets up to the roof where he's about to fucking jump off and he meets uh Byron Lewis, aka Mothman. Mm-hmm. I really liked him in this. Yeah, he was he was cool in this. I he was yeah. neat. He served, you know, I think a pretty good purpose to his story and, uh, you know, just like, like what he did, um, with the journal and all that. Which yeah. And so like, yeah, he, yeah. uh, and he's like, Hey, don't worry about it. Hey, you think about jumping off? I am too, but don't worry. I can fly. I'll figure it out. You just gotta see it. Anyway, later nerd. And then he just fucking rips off his jacket. He's fucking just butt ass naked yeah. with a bunch of straight jackets tied to him and just flies off into the night. Awesome visual. <laughs> I like the this this stitched together wings from the straight jacket. <laughs> I really thought that was cool. Yeah, I was like, that's yeah. I, I liked that. I liked his little his little moment, you know, trying to help him out. He seemed, although he's insane, he seemed like his heart was in the right. You know what I mean? Like he he was he's trying to help him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, yeah, the guy he was taking yeah. the mental facility, but like the Mothman was a hero. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anywho, uh, cut to the next day where he is in where where Reggie is getting a Rorschach test and he keeps seeing dead bodies. So he's like, and then he just thinks back, I see what I want to see. I see it in my mind's eye. And then he starts doing that. Uh, Mothman got Mothman gets caught later that night uh, after he went to a diner and tried to order some food butt ass naked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reggie, find him, Reggie finds him the next day. Um, as he is listening to a speech uh, by Ozymandias on screen talking about uh, fucking disarmament or whatever. Oh, he's talking about rebuilding infrastructure and like helping out out people displaced by the fucking squid. Right. And then from there, the two of them just kind of begin getting like a closer and closer. They kind of keep hanging out more and more. Um, one of the nights that he flies off, he eventually he kind of comes back with a bunch of with a bunch of his dad with a bunch of Reggie's dad's things, like like a bunch of his notes from um, his interviews with Rorschach, uh, a mug of his, and this next part is kind of a part that I don't that I can't fully get behind. Okay, where. Like, like he gets, like he's been uh, Reggie's being fucking harassed by a bunch of the orderlies at the hospital because you know it's a mental health facility. Why would they hire good people there? Right. Uh, and so Byron says, "Hey, I'm going to train you," and turns him in. And in Reggie's words, Byron turns him into a one man Minuteman because you know the frail old insane person knows how everyone from the Minutemen can fight so well that he's able to teach it to someone else. Also, 
one of the Minutemen died because his cape got caught in a door. Just like this, that, this part that? I do not, I cannot get behind. This, this feels like the most. This this is the most unbelievable thing to happen so far. I think the conversation that they have and the events. That oh no! Like the, the conversation that the conversation that's one thing. The fact that he the fact that he fucking trains him in what looks like a fucking boiler room, right? And the training fucking works, right? And like whatever minimal amount of time he actually goes through training him, because there, there there is no like passage of time in this. Like there is no sense of there is no sense of momentum. It's just kind of things happen and it all feels like it's either happening on the same day or years apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just another easy, you know, try to make an easy connection as to why he, he is the way he is for John's. And I guess it is kind of a little bit of lazy writing. It's like, Oh, I'll just come up with a way that he became like this in two pages. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so just like just like you know we we just said the other thing where it was like how did he get into the back cave he just like strolled in right so yeah i, I get where you're coming from yeah absolutely yeah any hoozle oh uh, we continue on from there uh he has started to um uh, he has started to like um identify more and more with rorschach stuff uh there is an incredibly on the line series of dialogue lines yeah where where Byron has been trying to build this puzzle of Ozymandias, but he can't, they can never get like the fucking piece where, where that has his eyes. It's like, oh, I think the piece is missing. It's like, oh, it's stuck under the seat of the box the whole time. It was right there, right in front of us the whole time. <laughs> do, 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 you, do you get it? you get it? You yeah. Get it? <laughs> yeah. A little on the nose. <laughs> yep. And time continues to pass, and, Vite, and Oz uh, shows himself to be a bit of a fucking prick. Mm hmm. Where, when speaking at Sally Jupiter's memorial service, he calls her a dumb slut. Like, not straight up, but he just says, Miss Jupiter wasn't a smart woman, nor a particularly moral one, so I'm not sure why such a statue is necessary. <laughs> yeah, basically. Osmandius, here are the people. <laughs> and yeah, they talk about uh, how... Um, how everybody who was uh, like affected by like every every patient in a mental health facility that was affected by the squid in any way is being sent to a government facility in D.C. because people are thinking like, hey, maybe the squid put like some fucking post hypnotic suggestion code in them and their sleeper agents were ready to wake up like the Manchurian candidate. Uh, get to October and the news has been fully revealed. That it was that it was fucking Osmandius behind everything. So Reggie and Byron concoct an escape plan where they set the hospital on fire and then just walk out. Like a moth to the flame. Yep, so then Byron walks back inside, takes off his clothes, reveals his Mothman wings, which were just under his clothes. And then walks into the fire. Yeah, straight up crazy, man. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of like a, po it was almost like a poetic kind of, <laughs> like, he's like, see you later, bud. <laughs> he just like, jumped in the fire. I was like, yep. okay. Not, not even jumps in, just casually walks in, in. Walks in, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so later on, um, Reggie finds a note from Byron um, 
And Byron, apparently, during his many expeditions where he went out into the world butt naked wearing wings, he purchased a boarding pass on a icebreaker ship that was taking him to the South Pole where he and he had also somehow found the fucking Lair. exact location of yeah. Ozymandias' fucking Arctic fortress. Yeah. Which, if you'll remember from the book, was on a cliffside. And he finds it ma- and he finds it super far inland. So Reggie goes in, finds Ozymandias, and Oz and Oz is like, hey, I got the brain cancer. Yeah. And, and Reggie goes, but- I'm gonna kill you. And, and, and Oz goes, okay, do it. I'm sorry. I was, con- I was conveniently just looking at these x-rays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the soup's convenient. <laughs> and then the two of them set out on a journey to go fucking find the goddamn guy and save the world. Meanwhile, yeah. in Arkham proper, uh, he is beginning to be interviewed by a by a psychiatrist by the name of Maxwell Mason, I believe. I have to scroll up to find that name. Yeah. Where the fuck is you? Matthew Mason. Apologies. Yes, Dr. Matthew Mason. Um, And things are not going well for him as being locked up in confinement has begun to trigger some old PTSD stuff as he is now seeing the squid eye. Yeah. At night in his his cell, he is freaking the fuck out. Just, oh, God, get me out of here. And he's beginning to hear voices in his head. Uh... Mason continues to probe him for stuff, trying to find out any information about anything um, and just won't. He just won't say anything. Um, and a very familiar looking Jane Doe is also keeping an eye out on our young Mr. Long. Right. As well, as, Mr. as well as Mr. Freeze, who amounts to nothing. Yeah. Which she also appeared in one of the earliest Batman issues in a cell, I think, that Tom King wrote prior to this. And I know, like, there was a lot of speculation at that point, even because they're like, "Oh, this is the this is the first showing of a of a you know a, a Legion character." I guess they're coming back. You know, they, even from back then, there was there was that talk of that yep. happening. So when she appeared in this, you thought she was going to be. Have a you know an integral part to this story, but <laughs> she was not. Yeah, <laughs> it turned out. But yeah, because it turns out this is Sa- Jane Doe is Saturn Girl, and she's been talking in Reggie's head the entire time. That's the voices he's been hearing. Yeah, the two of them escape, and shocks upon shocks, Matthew Mason was actually Batman the whole time. Yep. Yep, and then they're like, "Oh God, someone broke out of Harkham. What do we do?" And then the photo of uh, John Osterman and his girl at the fair drops from the ceiling. A fly a mosquito flies into the fucking thing and turns into the Dr. Manhattan symbol. Post book stuff. It is letters from Mothman to his sister. They're nice. It just kind of paints a picture of the man. Yeah. Along with his uh, obituary. Yep. And, uh, the obituary from the first issue. Yeah. It's all coming together, baby. Genius. <laughs> uh, so man yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I, I, this for a while that was the weakest issue. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. That's why I'm. I, I think I even think we thought that um, in our initial read through yeah. the show as well. Yeah. So Osmandius was found brought to brought to a metropol brought to a metropolis hospital where he is drugged up to be to be out of date to be out of sorts for a couple of days. The cops are outside, but then he wakes up because he's so smart. Drugs don't work on him, <laughs> or whatever. Pulls leads off, faking flatlining, and then steals the cops' keys somehow, and manages to take him out, steal one of the uniforms, and begin to make his way downstairs. Meanwhile, in Russia, uh, Hawk and Dove were arrested trying to stop Chechen separatists. They were caught by uh, fucking... I don't know, man. Then they end up calling them terrorists. Yeah, it's like, it's like, how is that terrorism? Uh, Red Star, if I remember the Teen Titans, kind of came out of retirement to go, I'm here to serve my country. Also, fuck these two. Yeah, they're terrorists. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, I'm here to serve my country. Also, fuck these two. <laughs> I went southern when I should have gone fucking Slavic. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the two of them. Uh, so, so the cop and Oz are on their way outside. He collects his cat, collects his clothes, and then just fucks off. Cut over to the Daily Planet. As Lois is very, very mad at Perry White. Because Perry White put MetaHuman on his fucking title. She wrote an article about the dude who had, she wrote an article about Oz when he attacked Lex Luthor. And then Perry went over went over her head and said, Yeah, call him MetaHuman. Also, like from that initial last couple of pages of the first issue, this is the first time you're seeing Superman again in this story in this yeah, issue. It's issue which five. seems like a long time not to have anything on him, right? Yeah. Like just because yeah. he's like the the DC part of this up to this point, like the only connection, like all oh, other than Batman, obviously, and that and that stuff. But it started with Superman. I just think there should have been a little bit more Superman up to this point. Like at least, you know, a couple other pages or something. Yeah, right? also this is this is probably really nitpicky, but like this whole this doesn't seem like a Perry White move. Like he is like Perry White, I, I'm not super familiar with Perry White, but but like this style of like but the style of just like, hey, we're gonna put a buzzword in the fucking title of this new of this newspaper article in order to fucking sell shit. Uh that always that seems like way more of a J. Jonah Jameson move than a Perry White move. Right. It seems like he, he, he I get what you're saying. Like he seems like he has a little bit more integrity than a J. Jonah Jameson. Like, yeah, where, where, he is, where he is this do thing? Something like that. Yeah, whereas this thing, he is way more down to play into sensationalism and fear mongering. And he seems to be more upset by the idea that he has to get clicks on a website as opposed to just selling newspapers in 2019. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with you. Uh, anyway, so yeah, as this is happening, uh, Pozar, a Russian basically version of Firestorm, is is like saying, hey, fuck this shit. Fuck America. Hawk and Dove, they fuck shit up, so Russia is closing its fucking borders. Right. Meanwhile, Rorschach gets suited back up. Saturn Girl gets clothes on and then pulls out her Legion ring. And then that is that. That is it for that scene. They say they need a great big light to find fucking Dr. Manhattan, and then that's it for that scene. 
this book is so fucking disjointed and there's so many things that happen that are just like, hey, it happened. Yeah, you see, this is, as I mentioned earlier at the start, uh, overall thoughts I had uh, going into this, uh, this is definitely in the area of the low lows of the series for me, like where he's just like, okay, I need to make a bunch of things happen now. So these, these last, the issue prior to this and this one, even more so this one, it's just like a bunch of things he needed to kind of, he needed to do, but it didn't make for a great story. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it doesn't have any narrative flow. It all just feels so disjointed and like nothing is really connecting, even though things are ostensibly happening sequentially. Then this happened, then that happened, then this happened, then this thing happened. And you're just like, you're bouncing around so much in this one particular issue and you can't get, you you know, couldn't give a shit about any of these things because they're just building. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I agree. I think this is for me where I was like, I was unsure of what, like, where the direction of the story was going at this point, and where you were almost halfway through the series. Yeah. So, not a good sign. No, it is not. Right. So, anyway, um, Russia has announced an alliance with Markovia, as both of them are shutting down their borders and trying to keep out all non-native metahumans and non-native people. Because, you know... Now, now that nukes are gone, they gotta go with the arms race of super people. Back at the old folks' home, uh, people are still fighting over the fucking TV um, with one dude wanting to watch his fucking Nathaniel Dusk movies, the other person wanting to watch the most depressing news in the fucking world. <laughs> and two orderlies head into um, Johnny Thunder's room to find out that he's fucking escaped. <laughs> with a... With a copy of Aladdin on his desk, as well as a newspaper saying green fire consumes all American steel. Then to the Nathaniel Dusk movie, as they find as they find one of the murder victims accountants who has who's running off with a fucking briefcase full of money and women's clothing. I guess it's progressive for in the 40s to have a fucking to have a fucking movie be about have one have a character in a movie be trans I I don't know I don't know I don't know yeah I don't yeah yeah like this this, this whole thing it doesn't like with the tale of the black freighter it had it had like story beasts that it was telling that kind of lined up like thematically at least with what was happening in Watchmen at the time this doesn't have right. that. It just it, it's interrupting the story to show up to off these bits. This fucking noir movie that Jeff Johns wrote that then the last line of the scene they're in relates to what is currently happening. Right. And what I said earlier that I understood more so this than the pirate, it was me basically saying I I understood the part that like what the Carver Coleman, like that character, like that whole thing with him and Dr. Manhattan part that I thought was interesting to add on. But the actual Nathaniel Dusk scenes in itself. Yeah, I don't know either. Like that, like I, I'm they, they don't really add much for me. Um, I, I like the character outside of the movies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, well, we'll, we'll, we'll murder. That, but yeah, exactly. Anyway, good old Johnny Thunder's trying to get a train, trying to get a train ticket to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't got any money. And then people behind him uh, threaten to beat the fuck out of him. If he doesn't get out of line. <laughs> <I know>. So he <laughs> walks like out into the fucking pouring rain and gets to the, the dirty old bus. <laughs> looks into a window with the saddest old man face. I'm so sorry, Johnny. 
I know. Poor guy. Uh. Ozymandias ends up back at Archie, where Batman's waiting for him. The comedian is at the is at the bar where Mime and Marionette killed a bunch of people. Walks away from a bunch of cops. Mom and Marionette are tracking down the Joker. They say Joker thugs say he's going to be at the bat signal. Batman's in Archie as it's being surrounded by cops. And f- fucking god damn it. This just keeps. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Firestorm speaks out about the fucking things happening with the Superman theory. And he's like, hey, I'm not a part of this fucking thing. Bullshit. Fuck you. Hey, I won't, I won't watch my language, Professor Stein. You're an asshole. Cut to... Yeah, the TV then cuts to Killer Frost. is like, oh yeah, Firestorm's totally involved. I got a whole bunch of shit. Fucking just, let, let's go. Meanwhile, then over in fucking Northern Condock, Jack Ryder's about to get fucking decapitated. And then Black Adam shows up and decapitates somebody. Yep. And then meanwhile, back in Archie, it's the it's the moralize off. As Batman's there going, ah, it's called hero syndrome, you suck. And Oz goes, oh, fuck you, Batman, revolving, revolving doors, bullshit, blah, capes. I fucking hated this. Yeah, this was not a good yeah. issue. It's Batman and Ozymandias, both men with no real claim to the moral high ground. Like, Batman has a Batman has a proper claim to the moral high ground in terms of he hasn't murdered millions of people. <laughs> right. But the way they both talk about it, yeah. like, like Ozymandias gets, like, fucking, f- like, twice the amount of time that Batman gets to moralize about his own se- about his own world and how it's so much better than fucking this world. And then he drops him out of a fucking plane. I fucking I I do not like this. No. I do not like this whole thing of just like taking the watchmen and having them wag the finger at the fucking DC universe. Right. Anyway, Lois Lane goes to goes to interview Lex Luthor. Just they're both they both just take turns dunking on each other. Right. And she goes like, "Yeah, you need the Superman theory." He's like, "No, I didn't." But I'll tell you who I'll tell you who did do it. The dude who did it is also a metahuman. He used to work for the Justice League. Continuing on the sad adventures of Johnny Thunder. It has started raining once again, despite him being in a different state. Like he takes a city bus from Metropolis to Pittsburgh. Leaves when it's raining. Over him. Yeah. Leaves when it's <laughs> raining, and then when he gets to Pittsburgh, it starts raining again like it followed him. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I just want to find the green light. God damn it. Heads inside the um heads inside the steel mill where the thing fucking the green flame was, and he's like, oh, I'm trying to find my genie. Because he is still trying to find fucking he's still trying to find fucking Is or whatever the goddamn genie's name is. Thunderbolt. They get attacked by crackheads. Just, just, God. Gary Frank obviously drew these guys awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's millions of lines in that face. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a fucking wallet. <laughs> <laughs> 
so bad, and they just beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ozymandias is firing a flamethrower at cops. Batman's like, stop it. And he's like, you're a child. On the roof of the police station, Commissioner Gordon has been beaten to shit by Joker people. My marionette show up and are confronted by the Joker. Yes. Batman is thrown out of his Batman is thrown out of Archie into the crowd of people below him. Uh, Black Adam opens up his borders, opens up the borders of conduct to all metahumans. Johnny Thunder finds the Green Lantern and it's like Alan Scott's Green Lantern. Which is sitting on a pedestal. He then gets beaten up by the crackheads. Batman gets beaten up by the people. And then the people drop the bat signal, crushing some of the people. Then Saturn Girl and Rorschach show up. And Saturn Girl goes, don't worry about what Rorschach is doing to those men. They're going to die. of They're going to overdose tonight anyway. It's all morally fine. Legion of Superheroes. I... They <sighs> <laughs> can move on. No, <laughs> no, we can't because we have trouble alert. <laughs> the back issue of the backstory in this fucking issue, where it kind of goes into a bit more detail, um, line, um, outlining the people that they so far have been levied that accusations have been levied against them as being involved in the, um. Department of Metahuman Affairs experiments, including Metamorpho, as well as a bunch of his villains, uh, Lady Clayface, Manbat, Firestorm, and Killer Frost. And then it uh, goes into a thing uh, kind of outlining the superhero teams from various countries around the world, as well as their individual members, and a more, and a, like, a, like small snippet uh, profile on each of their team's leaders, uh, including Pozar, Killer Frost, Geoforce, uh, Seraph, the Knight, Celsius, and the new Superman over in China. And then another profile piece on Black Adam talking about the legend that Black Adam says he's a part of, as well as various uh, metahuman sightings in Kondok. Mm -hmm. This is fucking killing me. (laughs) I mean, you're doing a good job of covering it all, but unfortunately we have to keep you're covering it all. (laughs) Yeah, I am. And now I get into might be what might be the best issue of the series so far with issue six, because it is yes. dealing entirely with my marionette. Yes. Thank God for this issue is what I was just going to say. I, if not the best issue for me, one of my most favorite issues of the series, it may be my second favorite, maybe my favorite though. Yeah. This is, I love this, love this issue. Yeah. So it starts with a bit of a flash forward, but things start proper uh, as my marionette are being, um, taken by the Joker's henchmen through the sewers to a big old brouhaha of villains happening underneath Gotham. On their way, they end up coming across a bunch of um, a bunch of uh, Mr. Freeze thugs who are all lost. So, so Brewdoker's like, hey, I can take you there. You just got to fucking join my gang. Hey, shaky. As this old, creepy old man kind of comes around the corner with a tattoo gun. He's like, right here, my master. <laughs> you boys ready to join the sh- 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 circus? <laughs> uh, so then I flash back and get the full on origin story from beginning to end of Mama Marionette. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on for the majority of this because I just really like this. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so young Erica Manson is hanging out in her dad's puppet shop um, as she is playing with a little puppet of what will eventually be her. 
And her dad's like, hey, Papa needs a friend. What does she, what does she want? I don't know. How about this? How about this? And just names off a bunch of stuff. And it's like, she's like, I, want, I like Aunt Bonnie. He's like, oh, a pirate then. All right. New people moving across the street. Um, Maze Glass, a glass store owned by, owned by the Maze family. Uh, looking over, she sees young boy um, hanging out with their kid. And and she puts a little puppet show for him. And he's like, oh, it's awesome. She looks over. He's gone. But then turns out, oh, he's in the store. And they begin hanging out. And he is like fucking just flabbergasted by the fucking, by the world that he just walked into of puppets. Yeah, he's amazed. Yes. Uh, a little bit later, um, as as Erica is kind of walking down the street, playing with her puppet, a bunch of kids fucking attack her. And I mean, like, attack her. Like, like they rip the puppet out of her hands. Erica dives on Erica dives on one of the girls. Two boys just drag her back as she gets just fucking knocked in the face and slammed into the concrete. Yeah, like, these bullies are fucking brutal. Like, I don't know yeah. what the fuck's going on here. <laughs> like, but don't worry. The reciprocation is just as brutal as all of a sudden a beer bottle flies out of fucking nowhere. Turns out, yeah. holy shit, it's that, it's that mute kid from across the street braining these fucking kids with bottles. And uh, and when she she throws up the fist in that one uh, panel and she's like, got any more bottles? And she like looks like, at him. The the face of her at that age, she, like I, I thought he captured um, basically what they turn out to be those two. You know what I mean? Like she kind of like th- that was like the moment that they clicked, whereas they 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 introduced the violence aspect of, of those two, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was, I, I really liked the look on her face in that scene where she, where she, like, looks back at him after she's, like, beating the shit out of the kid, and yeah. and that was, like, the start of this beautiful relationship, if you want to call it that, you know what I mean? Like, between these two people. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Um, and, yeah. yeah, so then, a little bit later, um, they are there together in, uh, in Erica's dad's shop, and and Erica's dad is like, "Hey, what do you want to be? What do you want to pop it to be? I can make it anything. I can do all kinds of shit. I got this new paint that goes in the dark. I can be Doctor Manhattan." Uh, at which point, a couple of fucking cops walk in, and they're like, "Hey, you the kid from across the street? Your fucking mom got hurt." He runs off to go. Yeah, he runs off to go see what's up. So then the dad very nervously pulls out a puppet of a little leprechaun and hands it over to the cops. He's like, "Yeah, hey, see you next week, man." Because of, you know, reasons that are pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, even later still, uh, Eric's dad finishes up uh, the puppet for you know, for young Marcos Mays. Um, and it's a mime. Shocker. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I can give it to him tomorrow. It'll be great. Oh, the cops are here. Erica, get underneath the fucking counter. Uh, cops roll in and he's like, hey, I can't do this anymore. To which the cops say, you're an immigrant. Give us money. And beat the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. Eventually revealing that, eventually revealing that, yes, they have been, he's been paying these cops. Right. Uh, yeah, so they leave and it's like, hey, I'm coming back next week, you fucker. Um, talking Next day, talking to Marcos about it. Erica's like, hey, we need to help my dad. Getting back home. Her dad has killed herself, has killed himself, hanging himself, uh, and the like cops show up. Yep. Yeah, and the cops show up. And they're like, oh, well, fuck. Now we're, now we're, now we're going to get our money. So Erica stabs one of them in the face with scissors. 
The other cop who didn't get stabbed pulls out a gun to go to shoot her. Marcos dives out of the darkness and bites his fucking bites the artery in his wrist, giving enough time for Erica to grab some puppet string and strangle him to death. Yep. You know, like you do. And off the two of them go to go out into the world as we then get kind of a snippets of their life at various points throughout the years. Uh, intercut with them fucking. Yep. Which we'll get into now. So as they are being led, so they eventually uh, get to the big old brouhaha happening in the sewers, which is led by the Riddler, because of course it is. Uh, And this is not before a big old fight where the two of them kill almost all the Joker thugs, except for one, which Joker kills himself by accident. (laughs) Because, you know, it's the Joker. Yeah. Two of them get to the big old meeting where everyone is fucking hanging out. The Riddler is. <laughs> I love the. Yeah, like, I love the meeting scene. <laughs> there are so many fucking people here. <laughs> the and, best is Hector Hector Hammond. Just like yeah, this just, big ass head. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, just there's Giganta Hector Hammond, and there's a bunch of dudes. You see, like Scarecrow, the fucking rogues, Two Face. Professor Pig. I just think it's such a classic, like, villain trope. Like, that's all a beaten secret. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, the Flash's villains and Green Lantern's villains, come meet in Gotham, where there are riots regularly happening. Yeah, I like it. I, li- I like the choice made here <laughs> to get everybody together, you know? Yeah. And fuck, Savannah's there. I, it's, it's such a weird array of uh, fucking villains. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, so they have all gathered up to essentially make a collective decision as to what they're going to do next. With a lot of people saying, hey, let's go to Kondok, um, and then uh, and then uh, Captain Cold, not one to miss an opportunity to monetize the situation, says, hey, Mirror Master can get you to Kondok for a price. Uh, and there's a bit of debate going on there about what's happening. The Court of Owls are there for some fucking reason because they're not technically villains. They are a shadowy organization that has been running Gotham from behind the scenes for decades and centuries and millennia or whatever. Why the fuck would they answer the Riddler's call? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and so the people are calling out um, and people are worried about two specific people, um, Typhoon and Moonbow, uh, both villains of... Yeah, both villains of, I believe, uh, Metamorpho. Uh, okay. no, no, sorry, both, both villains of, sorry, uh, Firestorm. Okay. Because they're like, hey, these fuckers are goddamn cops. They're narcs. And they're like, and then the, and the two of them are like, no, we're fucking not. God damn it. Stop trying to fucking point. The, stop trying. Stop fucking pointing shit at us. You pieces of garbage. At which point the Joker walks in with Batman and everyone's like, you're lying. That's a fake Batman again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who is it under the mask this time, Joker? (laughs) He's like, okay, I only did that a couple of times. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So then this whole thing uh, devolves into a big old brouhaha as Typhoon tries to defend himself as everyone else is like, okay, fuck these guys. We need to get them out of here. And then Typhoon gets shot in the back of the face. Because the comedian's there. Oh, boy. <laughs> Riddler gets kneecapped. <laughs> yep. One of the Court of Owls guys gets fucking got. Uh, the mime tries to um, pull fire away from Marionette after she almost gets shot. 
I don't know what the Riddler was thinking, though. He literally, like, jumped down. He's like, Hughes, stop right there. He's like, ah! <laughs> what are you doing? Now, you piece of shit? Like, and then he just pulls out a fucking gun and blaps him. <laughs> and, like, I... I get it. But, like, yo, fuck this. This whole thing of just, like... Like, I, I've, we've always joked... There's been, there's been jokes around here about the guy with a gun and how he's the most powerful super, superhero ever. Right. But, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this scene, you're a fan? <laughs> yeah, this is a room of, like, multiple... Like, 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 yeah, they're not exactly the fucking A tier. But it's, like, there are people who give the Flash a run for his money. A dude who fucking goes up regularly against a, basically a god. A psychic motherfucker. And so many other various, like, ridiculous people. And they're beaten by a man with one sniper rifle, one pistol, and a single grenade. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. Uh, even Mr. Freeze gets shot in the fucking helmet. He's like, ah! Like, meanwhile, yeah. he's got a fucking freeze gun. <laughs> yeah, he's got a freeze gun, but it gets fucking hit in the head like a goddamn nerd. <laughs> yeah, they de- he definitely overpowered the comedian in this scene, kind of, you know what I mean, to, to show, like, how much of a threat he could be, I guess. Yeah. I don't he know. He drops it's- a grenade at his feet, which blows up and kills multiple villains and walks out of the fire completely unscathed. I, I still don't think it's on the level of Harley Quinn and Heroes in Crisis, though. Oh, absolutely, but absolutely not. But it's still, no. <laughs> it's still like not very good. It's probably on the level, though, of like you know what we talked about, like the as well when we talked about that one, like the Deathstroke versus all of the JLA or whatever. Like it's, it's like kind of even though Deathstroke's way more skilled than fucking the comedian. <laughs> but yeah, but it's it's, it's, sim- it's similar levels. Yeah, absolutely. It, it no, is, that's what I mean. Like yeah. the amount of people that are there, and uh, yeah, even yeah. if you caught and, them off and guard, like the level like, of people that are there. Yeah, no, you're right. Even if he had caught them off guard, maybe one or two of them, but the, he fucking killed like five people here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Typhoon was the one he caught off guard. Yeah, no, you're right. After that, that kind of they could probably could have put that to an end, right? Uh, maybe a second shot to somebody, but not to the degree that he kind of. I, although I will say, as much as people were, you know, whining about the fact that he was crossing over these two properties, like some people that didn't like that, um, this was sorely needed. This fucking issue to to get that mixed it with in with the grim uh, origin of Mindman and Marionette, although a great origin for those characters. I thought that like you know what, if you're gonna mix these two things together, you know, like it was a little, it was it was a fun little moment. I think in between all these fucking six issues of all this sh- dread that he's been you know what i mean like building up like throughout i thought this was sorely needed i felt this, this yeah fight th- scene. yeah this yeah. felt th- this was a breath of fresh air mainly because it focused yeah. on the two best characters in the fucking series that too no that too but i i did i did also like the joker i like how he was written in this i liked how he was drawn in this like i, I thought yeah, he did the, a great the jo- job the joker, with the scene. joker was done well in this yeah absolutely yeah he's just the right type of crazy in this i thought this was a good version he writes a good joker johns i think and uh yeah this was good yeah anyway uh yeah so mime is like hey i want to go back out there draw comedians fire away from you while you just fucking hide and stuff and then they fuck yep and decide we're gonna get we're gonna get our baby back which comedian rolls up and is like yeah fuck you i'm gonna go find osmandius at which point the joker just walks in and then fries him with the fucking joy buzzer but apparently not carrying his lethal one Right. As then take out the comedian, and it was super easy. At which point, we then go into the post story, which is a file about Typhoon. Basically, 
somewhat vindicating the fucking Superman theory. Mm-hmm. Where it's talking about a. Uh... Sorry, people in my room are freaking out. No. Uh, yeah, where it just kind of talks about his history and how he got involved with the project. Um, it blacks out um, the director of the Department of Human Affairs name as well as other people involved in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it also has some stuff from uh, Moonbow also confirming that she was involved in this. Mm. Which feels like a weird thing to include in like a basically a post credit sequence. Yeah, it is. It was like, we're building all this thing. Who's behind the Superman theory? What's happening? Oh, it's real. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess fuck me then. <laughs> and then immediately after this, we get into another issue. Which is kind of where things begin to pick up proper. Mm-hmm. As it starts out with a bunch of Dr. Manhattan stuff. Mm-hmm. Specifically outlining the history of the Lantern. And how he... And how Dr. Manhattan specifically moved it out of uh, Alan Scott's reach so that he would die and then he would see what would happen. Which results in where we got at the end of the last issue or the end of, at, the, at the end of a couple issues ago where the lantern was in a steel mill. Yep. Reggie, Johnny Thunder and Saturn Girl then picked up by Archie. Which is again, Night Owl's ship. Yep. Uh, Markovia and Russia officially form an alliance uh, and also hundreds of refugees that entered Markovia and then vanished without a trace. Uh, a kaiju got loose in Japan, which then caused a then caused dozens of injuries to local citizens. Um, animal vegetable mineral man has apparently turned a corner and stepped up to become a proper hero, eating human traffickers in Calcutta. <laughs> I fucking I met a human. I met a human super compu- super intelligent computer thing wiped out Israelis. Uh, fuck it. Wait up! Israeli's fucking uh, intelligence computer systems. Um, the president of China claimed that a superhuman from Australia had invaded his dreams. And Firestorm continues to say, "I have no, I have no involvement in any of this. Leave me alone." And then Superman. Everyone's like, "Yes, yeah, Superman's the bestest. He's the best." Ooh. I think you got Bubastis, who is literally yeah. a compass. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. That was the way he incorporated Bubastis into, <laughs> into this was yeah, he uh, cloned Bubastis with a fragment of um with a fragment of uh fucking Dr. Manhattan's powers, which would then let her glow as they get closer to where he is. Almost like a conduit or yeah, exactly. It's it's Strange. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other thing. So back at the Joker's headquarters, back at the Joker's little fucking thing. Um, Batman's still tied up. A comedian is now tied up with fuzzy handcuffs. And then Mama Marionette begin torturing him, trying to find information about 
Dr. Manhattan. The two of them get into a fight with Batman and actually get the upper hand slightly at points. Which feels like a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Like, people in Watchmen are good fighters. I don't think anybody in Watchmen could be as good a fighter as Batman, given what we know about Batman. No, I mean, obviously because of just, you know, how skilled of a guy he was in the war and because he's crazy. Like, Comedian obviously is somewhat of a threat, almost like a Punisher-like character, you could say. But other than that, I mean, Ozymandias is really, like, the only other person. That, uh, sorry, Ozymandias and Dr. Manhattan are, like, the most powerful people from that universe. Like, Yeah, like, it is, it is ridiculous. Yeah, like... Especially Doctor Manhattan, <laughs> like he is, like there's, uh, there's nothing you can really do to him, right? Yep, so not at all. Like, so that's what's mo- like. So everybody else really is just like a like a footnote compared. So I will say he did try to use the most powerful characters probably from that universe, like in this story. But you're right, they still wouldn't stand a chance. A lot of these people, um, to you know some of these these superhumans, right? Yeah. So. Uh. Joker uses a flamethrower like a penis. Yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> and then, every, and then everyone fucking gets into one place. Woo, everyone's hanging out. Osmandy yeah. rolls in with a Green Lantern and Bubastis, and then uses that to fucking call Manhattan. Yeah, everyone's just standing around posturing to each other. And- yep. <laughs> and then he looks, and then right before Doctor Manhattan shows up, Osmandy looks like he is fucking nutting while being evil. Just looks over his shoulder, just. <laughs> And then, boom, there's Dr. Manhattan, dick out and everything. Yep. Balls out. <laughs> yep, he's hanging brain. He then takes a bit of the checkered floor, and they teleport away, leaving Batman and the Joker to hang out. They all have a bit of a talk. I was, I was like, hey, I need your help to fucking save the world. And Dr. Manhattan goes, fuck off, I'm working. He reveals why he spared. Well, not reveals why he spared. He kind of just says, hey, I, he's like, hey, I didn't spare because you were pregnant. I saw what your child would do and I chose to save him. Marionette goes, what child? What, 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 what my child going to do? To which Dr. Manhattan goes, which one? You got, you got a bunch of them. Like, hey, we preggers again. Woo. And they immediately forget the situation they're in and just start making out. You know. Then Manhattan reveals that uh, Osmandius was lying about cancer. You know. Yeah. Just completely lied about everything. And then also reveals uh, the truth about the relationship between Reggie's dad and Rorschach. Because um, because Mothman had actually taken out a bunch of uh, his dad's notes. Right. Before giving them to them. Basically to basically to save um, Rorsch- basically his to save Reggie of his from the truth that uh, Rorschach had broken his dad. Right. But in doing so, it actually doomed him to continue to wear his father's essentially killer's yeah. <laughs> um, outfit, which is kind of fucked up in its own right. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. I thought that I thought that was an interesting twist. By the end of the series, I was like, I, I wasn't completely sold on this version of Rorschach, but by the end, I was like, not a bad character that he came up with. I, I like Reggie's. 
Yeah, that, that's what I mean. He's a more likable character than the actual Rorschach, <laughs> like, in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, I get it. He's, like, everyone, like, like, a lot of people like that character, but I just think that this person is, you know, he was... A lot of bad shit happened to this dude, and um, he's, you know, he's just trying to make his way and, and trying to be a good good person, right? So, yeah. like, uh, anyways, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, uh, they begin uh, porting around a bit, um, head over to uh, Washington, where there are more riots happening. Um, and then John reveals, and then Manhattan reveals that he has had a vision of the future, uh, where it is not too dissimilar to what happened in their real universe, as he just can't see past a certain point. Yeah. Uh, at the furthest of at the first at the furthest his vision can reach, he sees, um, according to him, the most hopeful among them heading toward me now hopeless. Yeah. And then he takes them all back to the 1950s where they are watching the premiere of The Adjournment, the final film in the uh, Nathaniel Dusk Carver Coleman series. Let me just drop them all back off where they left off. Uh, Rorschach, Reggie beats the fuck out of Osmandius. Uh, my marionettes take the lantern and leave. Just leave. Uh, the Joker easily puts down Batman. Like, comically easily. Yeah. Uh, Reggie then turns his attention over to the Joker because the Joker touched him, beats the fuck out of him. Joker draws a little bloody smile on his face, and then, and then good old Rorschach runs off into the night to be homeless. <laughs> Oz gets back to Archie, beats the piss out of Saturn Girl and Johnny Thunder, continuing the adventures of the sad old man. Someone drops something in the mailbox for Lois Lane. Batman picks up the Rorschach mask, and then it keeps cutting back in between what's happening and the fucking movie as that is just something. And then Dr. Manhattan's back on Mars and then the photograph drops because apparently he can just generate infinity of those photos. Yeah. Whenever he takes a step, I don't get that. Yeah, there's not an explan. There's not really a. Uh, I don't think there was an explanation ever given, or at the very least, it. not a satisfactory one. It just feels. It yes. just feels like they just took this, like like that. That photo was important to Doctor Manhattan as a character. Yes, that's 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 but, the only thing they kind of kept going back to. That this is obviously something that's bothered him or is affecting him there, and as a result, every time he takes a step, like from this point forward, he ends up dropping like a copy of this photo and. Yeah, to the which, point where people are unearthing it, and you know, yeah, that, that whole fucking thing. No. Yeah, <laughs> she'll get into, but <laughs> anyway, the post thing for this is um, a memo from from Osmandius to his um, vice president of public relations, saying like, "Hey, my cat died. That sucks." Anyway, business stuff, and then a bunch of journal entries of his um, of him trying to uh, clone a new Bubastis. And eventually succeeding as his as the new Bubastis eventually uh, goes through the same um, like reappearance reemergence process as Osmandius did. Sorry, as as Manhattan did. As he's like, you know, cloning it over and over again. And then one of them disappears and then he finds a circulatory system and then a skeletal system and then a muscular system and then the cat. And he's like, this time for sure, my cat will live. This time for sure I won't purposely kill my fucking cat. 
Because, <laughs> yeah, again, he, well, he might have been sad a bit by it, he also blew up his fucking cat. Mm-hmm. Moving on to issue eight. Osmandius is in the White House, Oval Office, reading files. Ooh. Meanwhile, it's the Dilly Planet. Superman shows up for the, what, f- second time in eight issues? Right. Third, if you count uh, Dr. Manhattan's flash forward. Mm-hmm. And Lois is freaking out because, oh, someone's been at my desk. Uh, as she's going to reach for the mail that was sent to her last issue, uh, news on the TV pipes up as Firestorm has invaded Russia and is now attacking the people's heroes. The Russian superhero team led by Pojar. And it's like, oh, this big fucking thing. And then Perry pokes out the window. Who's going to fucking Moscow? And the Kents are like, hey, we're going. Fight continues. Firestorm gets fucked up and then explodes and turns everyone in St. Petersburg into class. You know, like, like Firestorm can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman flies off to Condock looking for Firestorm. Uh, Black Adam is like, yeah, he's welcome here. He's not here, but he's welcome here. You're a fucking slave to whatever. Blah, blah. Moralizing. Down with rulers, except for me. Uh, Lois eventually finds the mail that was sent her, opens it up, and finds the world's smallest flash drive. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that it was sent in a thing that could fit a mechanical hard drive. And it is an old, um, like, 1940s news serial uh, talking about the Justice Society of America. But Lois don't know who Justice Society of America is. They don't exist in this world. <laughs> Despite the fact that this Lois doesn't come from this world. <laughs> That's another thing just kind of like I just I just realized, like, this is ostensibly talking about, like, the rebirth Superman in Lois Lane, right? Yep, because if it was talking about the New 52 Superman, they weren't married like they are in this. Yes, so you're so right. They have no, they should have no recollection of, like, you know, a lot of the things. Because this was shortly after he was reintroduced. Yeah, this is after uh, he was reintroduced. But, but the way they reintroduced him was saying, hey, this is the Superman from pre-52 who knew about all of this shit. That's true, too. As yeah. well as the Lois Lane who knew about all of this shit. And then the two of them just supplanted this universe's Lois and yeah. fucking Clark. Yeah. And and then even from going from back then, they were trying to make, um, uh, like, trying to bring up the fact that something was wrong. <laughs> just because they fucked up and rebooted so many times. Yeah. That here comes Jeff Johns with this series trying to explain it years later. <laughs> yep. Everything fucked up. Don't worry. We broke the Jeff. Don't worry. We hit the Jeff Johns button. He'll fix it. <laughs> anyway, Clark ends up finding uh, Firestorm, who has who had taken one of the glass people and is now trying to turn him back. And because Superman's like, hey, you can do it, buddy. He eventually does. And it worked, and it's awesome. And apparently Superman is the same in Russian as it is in, as it is in English. <laughs> I don't know. I actually liked, I actually liked, I liked the, the, uh, second half of this issue. I liked all the 
tension building up with this scene between the countries and the, and the way that they were going to be depicted as a result of like, you know, this whole shit with America, the metahumans and like the terrorism fucking bullshit they had going on. And yeah, this is all right. All that. I, I like, I liked it. I mean, I remember reading it the first time around and, and really being impressed by the pacing of kind of everything leading into the end of this issue. Yeah, like, um, this actually has a thing of like, you know, jumping in between like the nine, like the nine panel layout was to like jumping between different perspectives that actually works in this issue. Yes. Yeah. Well that's, yeah. And, 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 and more so, like I said, the second half of this issue in particular, I enjoyed, I, although it was like mean, it was mostly the same story, like throughout just building, but, uh, but that uh, I really thought I was I really liked that second half in yeah. particular. Yeah, yeah I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Vladimir Putin, you know, the democratically elected leader of Russia. You know that guy. Yes. The guy who you should totally put in comic books. <laughs> he totally has an anti straight murder. up him. It's straight up Putin. I know. It's kind of. I was like, ooh, that's, uh, yeah, just, <laughs> that's ooh. interesting. <laughs> they won't put Trump in here, but they put put <laughs> like, <laughs> because yeah. they hide the president in, in another issue. Is what I'm saying. Like there is yeah, a I scene know. where yeah, you, I'll, I'll get, to yeah, that. yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he's having a press conference, just talking about like, hey, yo, fuck America, we're we're the best. Check out my firestorm. He's awesome. His hair's cool. He looks like a lion. And then Superman lands down there and he's like, hey, I'm here to help. Blah, 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 blah. And so he gets onto the mic and just starts talking to everybody. And I was like, hey, what happened here? It sucks. But trust me, this was an accident. This this can be undone. We can do this shit. shit. I'm from space, so you can trust me. And then Batman fucking just sends out a high frequency signal to, to Clark. And he's like, yo, shut the fuck up, you goddamn idiot. <laughs> if you take a side, things will get worse. <laughs> you Kansas hick. Shut the fuck up. Yes. It's like, you, you fucking farm boy. You fucking hayseed dumbass motherfucker. <laughs> Don't pick a side. Things are going to get worse. So he picks a side and then things get worse. <laughs> yeah. as, I know. <laughs> as Russia is like, yo. Fuck you. Firestorm's a murderer. Everyone in the crowd's like, yo, Firestorm's a murderer. Firestorm shows the fuck up with a kid. And then the government and the fucking soldiers of goddamn Russia open fire on that kid. End up shattering a bunch of the statues. So Firestorm retaliates. Then the people's heroes retaliate against Superman. And then it turns into a big old fucking brouhaha with Superman flipping a fucking tank. Yeah, just like the way things went from, like bad to worse in like a matter of like just pages. Just like, <laughs> that's what I was impressed by. I did like <laughs> that's why I was like, whoa, like <laughs> that that caught out of hand. <laughs> that escalated very quickly. <laughs> Q anchor man fucking <laughs> meme. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yep. yep. And uh Batman as he is flying in his fucking jet as fast as he possibly can, uh he is he's like saying, hey energy lovers are spiking. Shit's getting fucking weird. Weird, and he's and Superman's like, "Hey, it's okay. Firestorm's cool." And Firestorm's like, "No, yeah, I'm cool." Batman screams, "It's not Firestorm!" And then there's a big blue explosion. And Ozymandias is like, "Yes, good. My boner is almost completely erect." <laughs> As we then get multiple, uh, multiple newspaper stories of Superman um, shattering the world's trust, taking the wrong side of history, and then he goes missing. 
Moving right along. Uh, to issue nine. Let's wait for that to load up. And hope my I hope my fucking housemates don't get super goddamn pissed off about me talking at eleven thirty at night. <laughs> You've gone so long already, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for Doctor Manhattan, and I. These next two issues I do not like. Really? Because I will say this. Number 10, when I first read it, may have been my favorite issue. But upon rereading it, not as impressed as I was the first time around for whatever reason. Uh, That's the one where he basically talks about Superman being like, you know, like the linchpin of. Yeah, that whole thing. We'll we'll get into that. But for issue nine. Uh, it starts out with the thing I like the least about both of these things. Jeff Johns trying to write the disconnected fourth dimensional view of time that Dr. Manhattan has. Because he's okay. not very good at it. Yes. Yeah. It is so disjointed and so just nothing. Like, yeah, there are a whole bunch of fucking ideas in it that could work. But they are so fucking scattered and thrown into this goddamn world in such a slapdash way. He's no Alan Moore, that's for sure. Whereas yeah. I thought that the Rorschach stuff wasn't bad. Um, this is, yeah, it's not as good, definitely. But anyways, yeah. Uh, Dr. Manhattan's on Mars pontificating as a bunch of spaceships fly toward them uh, that has a bunch of different people in it, including the Hawks, and Mr. Miracle, and Big Barda, a bunch of the Lanterns, the fucking Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Black Canary. He's got, he's got a fucking Martian Manhunter who has no issues going back to Mars. You know, the world where all the people that he ever knew and loved died horribly. He just goes there and is cool with it. Right. (laughs) The Metal Men, fucking the the Justice League Dark, the Doom Patrol, looking incredibly out of place. Like, the Doom Patrol are are fucking sandwiched in between the Titans and the Justice League Dark. And it's just like, you don't belong here. (laughs) <laughs> like having fucking Rita Farr, Crazy Jane, Negative Man, Robot Man, and Flex Mentalo in between fucking Zatanna and Batgirl. <laughs> they just look more confused than anything. <laughs> just that they read this comic, they're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I know Johns likes them, though, so maybe that's why he put they're, them in they're there. Great. Who wouldn't like them? They're just, the fucking Doom Patrol's amazing. No, but you're right. They really have no place like in this type of scenario. Like, yeah. yeah. And the reason that they are going to fucking Moscow, the reason they're going to Mars is because they got in Moscow. They saved the fucking superheroes that were there, uh, specifically, you know, Batman and Superman. And then they traced an energy signature from that explosion to Mars. Meanwhile, the world and the talking heads that they never show on TV are going, ah, Superman fucking sucks now. He took the wrong side of history. Why does Superman come out? Why does Superman come out and denounce or anything? Blah, blah, blah. We need a statement, even though he's in a fucking coma. Meanwhile, the president that we don't see has a, is like, you know, taking advice from his aides and speaking like a president does. And, you know, like actually relatively, he seems competent based on the two panels that we see of the president in this, at which point later in that page, we get a, we get a talking head saying the president tweeted out something stupid. And that is what I've been talking about for some of the inconsistency stuff. Like, like everyone, like when they show the president, he seems like a competent president. And then they just go back to making a fucking Trump joke. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like either keep your personal opinions about stuff that's going on, like in the comic or out. Like pick a pick yeah, a pick a lane. lane here. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. And on the president's desk is a fire is a is a folder labeled Firestorm. Meanwhile, Ronnie has gone. Sorry, Reggie has gone full Rorschach as he's now on the street with a little sign that says, "You see what you want to see," because that's his fucking mantra. Mm-hmm. A bunch of folks, uh, a bunch of metahumans and stuff are fleeing America, heading over to Kondok, and then Wonder Woman, who has been out of the public eye for a long-ass time, uh, has has all of a sudden reappeared, and is going to be addressing the United Nations. Batman wakes up at Wayne Manor, having gotten patched up by Alfred. Um, Ronnie Raymond, now defused from Professor Stein, awake up on a spaceship. Heading to Mars... Alfred and Bruce head down to the Batcave where Alfred gives Bruce like the update on what's happening and where all the superheroes are gone. And they light the stairway down to the Batcave with the world's tiniest glow stick. <laughs> like, why don't they have like lights? I, wh- why, why does Alfred have a glow stick? <laughs> I, why does Alfred have a glow stick? <laughs> this isn't a criticism this just bugs me why does he have a fucking glow stick no it's a good point <laughs> yeah so Batman goes well oh, they're being played everything's it's, it's, <coughs> we should have listened to Rorschach he's the bestest and then he tries to send a message out to Mars saying hey stop please we get to Mars and it gets annoying for a page. As they head down there, they go, hey, we got to go find this guy and beat the fuck out of him. And then and then Jessica Cruz is like, how do you know it's a guy? It could be a girl. I, 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 I don't know why that's in there. <laughs> I do not know why that is in there. Yeah. But, you know. At least we get some uh, Guy Gardner being a dick, like usual. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Professor Stein is real pissed off at Red Tornado. He's like, yeah, you're Shanghai, those motherfuckers. I want blah, 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 blah. Uh, the superhero, the heroes on uh, on Mars uh, find the uh, find the uh, Dr. Manhattan, like, glass palace. Because, you know, when he's on Mars, because, you know, yeah, he leaves Earth, he goes to Mars, and then builds a fucking glass palace. Four lanterns dome the entire planet and then Firestorm makes atmosphere, at which point the rest of the superheroes leave their ship and head out to go fucking storm the storm the glass palace talking to Dr. Manhattan. And he is doing his Dr. Manhattan thing of, oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking to someone else six minutes into the future. And Guy Gardner goes, hey, we beat up a whole bunch of people. We're going to beat you up, naked boy. And then... He fucking, and then I, I don't know. It's like it's like a panel's missing. Like 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 uh, so fucking, March Manhunter's reading do, reading Dark Manhattan's mind. He's like, hey, I can see that you're confused. Doctor Manhattan goes, yeah, right now in five seconds you're gonna broadcast to everyone about my final vision of Superman, and then everyone knows about the vision of Superman. 
no broadcasting, no real reaction at all. Just kind of, they just have it. Mm-hmm. Like a gardener just fucking murders him. Just flies out, hits him so hard his fucking head snaps off his neck and then he falls over, corpse. And then disappears and reappears and takes apart his ring. It's like, oh, neat. <laughs> of course it's fucking got gardener fucking punches <laughs> Fucking guy is like so so powerful. <laughs> it's him that stubs. So I was like, I'll knock this guy out. Yeah, and it wasn't. He, yeah, and like he decks when, him. He fucking <laughs> when Guy Gardner thought he had killed Doctor Manhattan, he seemed pretty cool with it. Yeah, he's got a smile on his face. <laughs> he's like, what? I killed him? That was easy. Yeah, he's like, I didn't Which, mean to I, kill him, yeah, but, like, but okay. <laughs> like, yeah, Guy is kind of a loose cannon or whatever. He never really came off like a murderer to me. But anyway, so the rings, the power rings don't work yet. Don't work anymore. Let's try fucking magic. So, Edrigan the demon, Hellfire, um, Zatanna does does her backward magic. Uh, Dr. Manhattan just fucking catches it, puts it into a ball, makes it into a weird symbol, and explodes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm awesome. Magic. Uh, meanwhile, in Superman's hospital room in the weird fucking dark hellscape cell that he's in inside the fucking t- t- Hall of Justice, Lex Luthor shows up. He gives Lois Lane a gun for for her own protection to make her own make herself feel safe or whatever. And then he's like, "Hey, fucking, there's shit out there that's happening. It's bad shit. There's something out there fucking fucking with everything. You ever heard of Wally West?" I oh fuck! I am falling apart. Yeah, this issue wasn't great. Like, it's not even like it's a so bad that I can't do it. It's just so nothing. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You're you're even like hearing you describe it, seeing the scene. There's not many th- interesting things to talk about, at, like here. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. And like the only piece of information that is revealed, like the piece of piece of information that is revealed, is that. Is that um, Professor Stein was involved in the uh, in the Department of Metahuman Affairs experiments to make metahumans? He was literally the one that caused the explosion and had groomed Ronnie into becoming Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the that's one of the problems here, though, is that. Uh, and why we fucking already spend over two hours on this is there's a lot of shit that happens, but not really a lot to say. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, it's, it didn't need to be a 12 issue series. He could have done this in six. And I get it, the whole Watchmen thing, oh, I gotta do 12 issues of this. But really, he didn't have a lot to say or add to this, you know, to, to, to the DC universe, even as a whole, I yeah. think, by the end of this, right? Yeah. So, this, all, this all just feels so fucking padded and superfluous to everything that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it's it, it, it's it was highly ambitious, but it just didn't pan out. Yep. So anywho, uh, everyone gangs up on Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan explodes, takes them all out, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we won, awesome." Then he reforms like nothing happened. Takes them all out again. Wonder Woman talks to the UN, saying, "Hey, there's no one bad guy behind everything." As Ozymandias does something like a bad guy does. We can all be fucking cool. And then Giganta, Creeper, and Black Adam invade the UN. (sighs) 
cut yeah. over to the post credit thing and it is a it is the contents of the firestorm folder which reveals that professor stein is the director and founder of the department of metahuman affairs he did it mm-hmm. he did it all and the reason he made firestorm with ronnie raymond is because is because ronnie reminded him of his dead son mm-hmm. yeah issue 10 We get a bit more of we get a bit more of uh, the adjournment, like a lot of the end bit of the end movie, get a bit of the end of the movie, final climax and whatever. And we also get to meet Carver Coleman proper, uh, as he is he's flubbing his lines, doing all kinds of stuff, and getting and getting all um, narration from Doctor Manhattan. Mm. Because as it turns out, uh. Doctor Manhattan actually has a actually has a fairly long connection to Carver Coleman in that Carver was the first person that John that Doctor Manhattan that I keep calling him John in the book but I keep referring to him as Manhattan in my notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carver Coleman was the first person that uh, Doctor Manhattan uh, talked to when he arrived in this universe. Yeah. Almost in like a Sandman like fashion. Like there was a story in Sandman where Sandman went and met the guy at the inn constantly, like every. I don't know how many years, like every year, like it was like one day he went and actually talked to somebody. It kind of really reminded me of that story. I'm not sure if that was the, like if that's what Tajan's directly ripped off here, but it it was, yeah, like every year he'd go and meet Coleman at the same time every year and kind of have these discussions with him and try to like help him with plan out his future it seemed like like he would kind of let him know how the next year would turn out of his life because he's able to see it and, uh, you know, through all his trials and tribulations kind of that he goes through. And then one day he just shows up and he's just like, you know, you're, you're going to die like within the year. He's like, what? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He won't be on this world one year from now. Yeah. And, and he, but anyway, yeah. And so, so that this is, this is like him having these visions as he's like trying to reacclimatize himself to this world Mm -hmm. because he, because he is not able to see into the future again. He's not able to see into the future. Mm -hmm. And then he begins to see into the future again as things just kind of progress. Yeah, they just stop. It's like the Superman thing again. They're blocked. Like there's certain things that he. Oh know, no no no! no th- this wasn't blocked. This was he isn't used to the universe yet. Oh no! But I mean that eventually happens when he tries to jump ahead. I, I'm jumping ahead here, but there, that does end up happening to him afterwards. Yeah. So he uses his god powers to disguise himself as someone else because, like, not not actually disguise himself. He just bends light around so that only Carver yes. Coleman sees him sitting with a naked blue man. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and they were hear reports on the radio about a man lifting a car over his head. What? Right. Superman. Yeah, action comics. And he, and he gets there and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, this happened. And everything, and then everything disappears. Because he had because he is in a weird place right now. So he begins like seeing um he begins like, you know, seeing the origin story of a bunch of different superheroes that were part of the JSA. Um, Alan Scott getting the lantern, uh, Jay Garrick getting his powers, uh, Carter Hall ma- making like remembering his past. Uh, Al Pratt, um, you know, training to fight and stuff. Um, Kent Nelson getting the helmet. Uh, Wesley Dodds um, goes looking for fucking murderers and stuff. Uh, Jim Corrigan becomes the specter. Rex Tyler discovers his fucking hour man formula and they form the JSA and they they're like, Hey, we need to join Superman in this thing. Hey, I hope you got my invitation. 
probably thinks blah, blah, whatever. They go take a picture. Yeah, they go take a picture, and it's like, oh, we can't find Superman. He's like, Johnny Thunder's like, I know. Hey, my genie, go find Superman. But then it gets cut off before he can finish it, and he's like, yeah, the team's all here. Because Dr. Manhattan begins, uh, yeah, because, sorry, not Dr. Manhattan begins. Um, the world begins morphing around him. The world begins morphing around these guys because it's being retconned. The world that we are currently viewing, that Dr. Manhattan is viewing, is is what he eventually comes to call the metaverse. Yeah, which is a, whichever current um, yeah, version of the DC universe, their world that is 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 uh, you know, around at that point in time. It seems like it's outside of the multiverse itself, like it's what the current Yeah, it is it is like, the nucleus of the multiverse. Like this like yes. this universe is um this universe has a massive impact on the multiverse, but it is a Yeah. but it is a wholly confined universe that keeps changing. Yeah. And so so since he sees this universe changing over and over again, he decides, what if I change it? He's going he's gonna to fuck it with it, yeah. Yeah, so he starts changing it. Uh, he moves the he moves Alan Scott's lantern just like a few inches out of his hand, and so yeah. he dies. And there becomes the Green Lantern. Um, but Clark still lands on Earth. So he decides, hey, let me kill Clark's parents, which then leads into the New 52. <laughs> and then, but then Wally West shows up and is like, hey, fucker you don't get to do this but then he pushes them back into the fucking speed force yeah and you know they reference flashpoint and and uh, rebirth and new 52 yeah how essentially the uh essentially the metaverse keeps changing with every new retcon right and then and then each of those new retcons makes a new universe everything that we had assumed Leading into Doomsday Clock has been basically they reassured us that that was him fucking with the time stream. But, uh, you know, definitely adding more layers to that initial idea and concept uh, here. And I, I thought I thought it was well done. I, I, I really enjoy this this issue. When I, I do not like the way it is written at all. Mm-hmm. Just because you, like you said, you don't feel he he writes a good like the narration boxes of Dr. Manhattan himself. No, or yeah, just the, the yeah, ideas behind thing. it. Like the idea behind it is fine, but just like the weird disjointed way that yeah. the way the, the weird disjointed way that like uh Dr. Manhattan keeps viewing time and the way and like his right. experience of everything that's happening. Like did you ever watch the Twelve Monkeys TV show? No, I've just seen the movie. I haven't seen the TV show. So the Twelve Monkeys TV show does the same kind of thing of like jumping around in time, like it jumps from like twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen to the twenty forty three back to the eighties and blah 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 jumps all over the place. But they tell the story from the linear perception of the time traveler involved. Okay. So it has this jointed time travel story, but it's told linearly because we're able to see it from the point of view of one person. But having this, but having the view of this one person be the disjointed thing that makes time get so fucked just turns this entire thing into this goddamn like labyrinthine nightmare that I can barely follow. Right. No, I get that. I, 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 like I, I, uh, I followed it the first time I read it. And I was impressed by it, and I thought it was good, uh, really good. But then, like I said, I mentioned just before we talked about this issue. The second time I read this, though, it didn't stick with me as, um, as well as the first time around. So, like, so much so that it may not be my favorite. Like, it was initially it was my favorite issue of the series when I first read it. Just the kind of like his thoughts on Superman. Like, I liked how he kind of made him like the. 
the linchpin like connected to everything and and as also like there has to be a superman like you know what i mean like there has to be a superman no matter what happens and like it just felt like you could tell johns has a lot of love for that character from reading this right so mm-hmm. um that's what i liked about it more so even than like the manhattan part of it i just liked how he made superman the focal point of everything um that he is observing on the world and like trying to figure out and he just can't wrap his head around it like right so uh, so i liked that i liked all that um again reading it the second time it didn't hold up as well for me but um i still i think it's one of the stronger issues of the series but i i get what you're saying though about the um the way the storytelling is uh done in this issue yeah 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 so then um so dr manhattan uh just kind of goes and meets Carver one more time uh, on the day that Carver is murdered by his mom. Yeah. And then he learn and he kind of realizes that to this university has become the villain. Right. Which, yeah, of course he fucking is. And Superman, and then Superman wakes up post credit stuff. It, it is a, it is a, some of the stuff found in, um, fuck. What is his name? Uh, Carver Coleman's apartment. Uh, specifically a letter from Carver's mom blackmailing him and then the script of the adjournment, which we then learned the ending of because we've been seeing it a bit in this uh, thing with uh, him working on the, with him working on the final scene where he like confronts the killers and realizes what all happened. Uh, this goes this script goes through the entire ending of this thing um, kind of shows this kind of shows a more hopeful side of things uh, as opposed to what has been happening throughout the story until this point. Mm-hmm. And then ends on actually a somewhat positive note for the movie. Oh, for Carver Coleman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, for, for Nathaniel Dusk. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Not for him. He dies. But No, yeah. He's fucking dead. Mom yeah. killed him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving into issue 11. Batman is beating up a bunch of army dudes who are trying to launch nukes. A gang war is broken out in Gotham between the Joker and my marionette. Uh, Alfred's hanging out reading Rorschach's journal. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is fighting the fucking Amazonians. Sorry, is fighting, fighting fucking Giganta and Creeper and Black Adam. And then the Amazonians show up and just fucking whisk her away. Yeah, not much to talk about here. I mean, this is just everything kind of coming to a head finally. Yeah, this this uh, is the big, this is the big shit. This is um, this is when you know by the end, like the issue, like, you get that the final, like the showdown that we've all been waiting for almost, right? You, yeah, you like, see. the kind of big things that show off is that uh, Lex has been technically involved in the rebirth since the beginning because he because uh, like he found the this photo, is the picture, yeah, he found the photo and then began like you know searching around for it, finding more and more temporal anomalies. Uh, eventually finding the footage of the JSA and then also being there when when Barry pulls Wally out of the Speed Force. Yeah. And then he also find then he also shows Lois that he has found like dozens of these fucking photos. According to him, yeah. all of them identical in every way. Right. Like he found that photo. He said the one photo he had he initially found two years ago. And he, 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 it makes, I will say, like, at first, I'm like, this is kind of absurd, but like his whole thing about, like, you know, you know me, I've always looked into things like this with my interests, obviously, starting out with aliens and this and that, like, because of Superman, right? So, like, and like a, it's a bit of a stretch, but he's basically trying to say, yeah, he's been investigating this stuff in the background this whole time, right? So, yeah. 
because he's the smartest person and he basically thinks Ozymandias is an idiot and mm-hmm. <laughs> that he did it wrong. Like yeah. He, he, yeah. So like he, he feels that, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know why he, that he would think, uh, I don't even know if that was, he said that in this issue. He but did like, not next he, issue. Ah, sorry, man. <laughs> Jumping ahead. <laughs> Stepping all over. Uh, Go ahead. So meanwhile, Superman fucking, his fucking room gets breached by the U S by the U S military. And he just fucking flies off. Um, Ozymandias is holding Saturn girl and Johnny thunder hostage as he begins fucking monologuing to her, just explaining his entire plan. Um, but that is interrupted a little bit by, uh, dreams of Reggie dreaming about his dad dying in a horrible blaze. Um, Mothman walking out of the fucking fire towards him and then him waking up to Alfred Pennyworth offering him pancakes because Alfred found him and brought him a Tupperware full of pancakes. Yeah. Tries apologizing to him. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Mime and Marionette are still involved in a gang war with Mime apparently having invisible rope enough to hang the comedian from a building and then drop him. Yeah. Because, you know. And then we also learn why um, Dr. Manhattan spared Mime and Marionette. The reason being yes. that... Uh, that uh, that he saw the future of Marionette's child, and that the boy would be adopted by Dan and Lori, Night yeah. Owl and fucking uh, Silk Spectre. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was a bad i I didn't think it was a bad idea, but again, I would have enjoyed it several issues before <laughs> this. One. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This whole time, you couldn't really figure out what was going on with that, and it took like over a year to find that out. So yeah, and so they were, and so then he went about just manipulating everybody again because Ozymandias is so fucking cool; he can manipulate anybody. He's the best; he's so smart. And getting to the library, he also learned a bit more about the world, um, calling it a world of extremes impossible to reconcile, uh, and calling and referring to the society as schizophrenic. And then eventually comes up with a plan to save both worlds, both his and uh, both his world and this one. Um, and that and that and that involved um, forcing basically a confrontation between Manhattan and Superman by forcing both of them to hit rock bottom by turning the world against Superman. By basically discovering that the superhero, but basically, basically by discovering the Superman theory is, enti- is basically partially true. That. Some people, that some superhumans were actually created intentionally by the government. That Professor Stein was involved in everything. He then began leaking that stuff out, which was also stuff that had already been out before he got to this universe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That timeline kind of is fucky with me. Right. Yeah, I don't. I can't explain that anybody. Like, like it says that he leaked information about about Firestorm to Pojar, and then, but I think that he didn't get here or like start doing things until Pojar had already been talking about that on the news. Mm-hmm. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. But also, he it's a little messy. Also that blue, oh, yeah, also that blue explosion in Russia. Yeah, that was him. Shocking. I know, right? Yeah. He used his cat to make an explosion uh, that would lead them all to that would lead uh, everybody to John on yeah. or lead everybody to Dr. Manhattan on Mars. 
you find out he was the one, he's the puppeteer, he's the one pulling the strings behind the scenes this whole time, a la Watchmen. Oh, look, Ozymandias is being Ozymandias, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Saturn Girl eventually begins turning to dust because uh, the League in the the Future won't exist without Superman's legacy. And so she turns to dust, but her Legion ring doesn't. For some reason. Uh, sad old man Johnny Thunder keeps crying. Oh god, he's so sad. <laughs> Meanwhile, Black Adam and his fucking cadre of goons have started to invade the White House. Superman shows up and goes, hey, don't. Black Adam's like, but I wanna. So Superman gets backhanded super hard and then ends up standing directly in front of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Post-credit things is LexCorp research into all the different photographs, and eventually one of the photographs they find is a different angle of that one cover of The Flash. Issue 12. Yay! We made it. <laughs> We're almost done. Let's recap more about Dr. Manhattan's fucking backstory in the first page. <laughs> it gets into a big old fucking brouhaha as the Markovian and Russian superheroes invade America for Superman. And then Black Adam is there trying to fight Superman. And then everyone gangs up on Superman. Meanwhile, in Britain, the knights are going to fucking help Superman, I guess. And things that happen are in Australia, and they're weird. And Dr. Manhattan's watching Superman get just fucking bodied. Reggie gets attacked by a racist. And, hey, it's fucking shocking. This racist is wearing a red hat. You know, like those infamous red hats. (laughs) But don't worry. Alfred shows up and gives him the what for by beating him with his own pipe. That's how you do it. He tries to convince him to go back to being Rorschach because, hey, we need Rorschach, or do we? I don't know. It's a fucking nightmare as all this is happening. My throat hurts and I'm tired. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so all this is all this is happening. He's fucking pontificating about fucking... See what you want to see, I guess. I don't know. At one point, he says that he says that the world is falling into a bottomless pit of liberal self-righteousness and outdated identity politics, which seems entirely out of place, almost. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan watches a fucking car almost crush some people, but then Superman catches the car because, you know, that's what Superman do. Everything's fucking coming together. Super, we're getting closer and closer to the vision that he has as Dr. Manhattan is about to get fucking decked in the face by Superman. He closes his eyes waiting for it to happen, but Superman's protected him from Pojar because that's what Superman do. And then apparently him pointing out that he once had someone he loved that let Dr. Manhattan just he just goes, yep, okay, I'm good now. I undid all my shit and I saved the world. Put things back proper the way that they were, but then 
it doesn't actually change anything because it just like <sighs> comic yeah. writers need to stop writing about time travel. <laughs> he goes back and yeah, he, he he goes back and all does and 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 undoes all the changes he does. And all, all undoes all the changes he did, but that doesn't change anything that happened. Yeah. Like the Superman theory was still a thing. Uh, this all the invasions was still a thing. Everything that happened was still a thing. But then, hey, fucking good old Jesse Thund- and Legion are back. Yeah, Legion are back, <laughs> and Johnny Thunder smiles because guess what? He became the genie. That's right. So he was the genie all along, and he's there with Jakeem Thunder, and it's uh, I just like seeing the old man smile. It's nice. It's funny. It's fun. <laughs> and yeah, this entire story, like literally the only thing that needed to happen was Superman go, hey, you used to love someone, right? Oh, you're right. Change all of reality again. Yep. The good in Superman made him rethink his whole life. <laughs> He's just like, yep. That's <laughs> the moral compass. That's Superman. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Pretty much, they you know they they're he he the part where he gets up to where his mind was blocked and he couldn't actually think of uh, he thought the world was over because Superman killed him is inevitable doom. He goes to punch him, he misses, not misses. He he thinks he's going to punch him. He turns out to be punching somebody that was beside him, and he's like, "What? What the fuck?" He's like, "Is that what happens?" And he's just like, and he says some you know kind words to him. He's like, "You got to do this right now. You got to make the right decision." Blah blah blah. You can change this and. And he basically does, and and then it's like you get like six pages of blackness, and everything, everything gets resets. reset. Yeah, and and yeah, that's basically it. Uh, the couple of things that are in, are interesting that could play out. Uh, Mime and Marionette are now in the DC universe, apparently, which I don't know what they plan on doing with those characters, but probably I probably something I, disappointing. You know, Exactly, because I love the characters. <laughs> so, you know, I, I you know, I, I would like, I would read an ongoing of those characters if it was Absolutely. filmed by that, the right that'd, people. That'd be great. Those two are, those two are fucking great. Um, so that was a good takeaway. Could be interesting. Um, life went on in the Watchmen universe, and here's the thing that I wanted to touch on that I had the, I was not clear on. I wanted to get your opinion on at the end. Does he make essentially his own Clark, like own Superman for the Watchmen universe? Because there's a boy that shows up at the door at the end there. I don't um, think he made his own Superman. I think what it was. Is that was him? That, no, like, like that, that was that was my marionette's kid. Oh, uh, OK, but he's named Clark. Yeah. yeah so he, they yeah, named he, him after him. No, no. Like, like, so she gave she gave birth to him in prison. Yes. And then and then, and then Manhattan just took him. Right. Raised right, him as right. his own, kind of. Um, That's why he's got the symbol on his head, and he he mentions John, which is obviously Dr. Manhattan, but... Yeah, event, yeah eventually just kind of like raising raising this fucking new hope, I guess, uh, and then eventually dropping him off at, um, at fucking Dan and Laurie's place. Right. But, okay, so, but, but I know that that was their kid, but the fact that he named him Clark, and it seems like he has some sort of possibly powers like Doctor Manhattan. For whatever reason, he has a symbol on his head. Yeah, there like, at the like end he there. he gives he gives them. He essentially makes him to give the world hope. Right, but that's what I that's what I meant by oh, like oh, okay, this so, is yeah, essentially sorry. his Superman. Yeah, you, okay, yeah, never mind. You're right. 
okay, that's all I wanted. I wasn't clear on it, and that's what I thought that meant. But because I, it feels like in, Superman inspired him so much and made him actually consider changing this and saving both the worlds at the end there for again some unclear weird reason because who the fuck knows how like <laughs> he does not act like a yeah. normal human dr manhattan because <laughs> he's not yeah, he also, he's like he also a really act like dr manhattan right right <laughs> just like i think the big issue here um but yeah okay that's a i didn't mind that part of the ending but everything kind of just seemed to conveniently wrap up here after this long fucking 12 issue saga that we spent almost three hours talking about as you guys can see <laughs> so yep. uh, not so, a great ending kind of pointless yeah so um fucking comedian gets sent back to him falling out of his fucking window um Yes, which I'm glad that that got put back because that would have pissed yep. me off if it was um, just like lingering. Osmandius gets shot by the comedian, but then uh, then Rorschach Reggie uh, saves his life by essentially staunching the fucking blood with the mask, um, and he like like Reggie like uh, like Oz was like, "Hey, I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna die, hero." John gets his purpose back. Everything gets awesome, and then he's like, "Hey, you get you revenge, Reggie. It's great." And Reggie's like, "No, fuck that shit. I want justice." You're, you're gonna fucking you're gonna fucking live out the rest of your goddamn days in prison, you piece of shit. Yeah. And so that is actually where, um, that's actually kind of where the connection to the Nathaniel Dusk thing comes in. Mm. So this is from a user on Reddit named Earthmind52. Okay. That he references a couple other um uh redditors. Okay. Uh, but so basically, um, in the movie. Um, yeah, in the movie, um, the, the adjournment, um, as, as they get to the end, like the play is being revealed, um, Dusk essentially, Dusk says, Hey, I figured out who killed the guys 45, 35 minutes ago, referencing, you know, the end of Watchmen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, where, and so in the movie, Dusk represents Adrian Veidt. Dusk represents Osmandius again with the two murdered chess players, uh, representing, uh, Superman and Dr. Manhattan in their confrontation. Mm, with okay. the investigation being a parallel to um being a parallel to Osmandis's plan. Huh. Uh and basically um the, the movie um the adjournment ends with uh ends with uh it's not who wins or loses, it's how you play the game. And so the two and so both um and so both uh Osmandius and Dusk are like, you know, worn out, weary, tired of all the things that are happening. So they need to do this. So they need to do this thing. So they need to do this fucking thing or whatever to get things back on track. Um, but. Yes, I'm just trying to get just trying to read through this and like remind myself of what their point was. Mm-hmm. Already pointed out things that I didn't catch, though, so that's interesting. Yeah, so uh, Dusk, he is uh, weary and tired. Weary and tired of years being a detective. Uh, seen a lot of like the dirt of the world. Um, at the end of the story, it turns out that his wife uh, was behind a bunch of the killings, and uh, that also involved being betrayed by one by a person he considered a friend. Uh, instead of dishing out his own brand of justice, however, he had call, he had already called the cops and is now sending them to jail, though not before being shot, just like uh, Osmandius was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Osmandius, he had been uh, he had been shot as well, uh, but in but instead of uh, dying like he had assumed he would he would, um, instead instead of, like 
he is, you know, saved and sent to jail kind of playing out in a polar opposite way to what the movie was. Hmm. Okay. So I probably did a horrible job explaining that, but no, no. Yeah. So if you on the DC Comics subreddit um, discussion discussing yeah discussion the meaning behind the adjournment in Nathaniel Duskin Doomsday Clock, uh, the post by Earthmind fifty two, he you can read a lot more into that where he gets a bit more in depth, cites other sources as well as uh, references the actual book and again other redditors. Uh, it was it was really well done, I thought, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. We're basically it's like a parallel, like similar to the pirate story to this. Main yeah, story yeah with, with the pirate does. story, it showed with the pirate story. It showed um, it showed Ozymandias's descent into madness as he gets like further and further down this dark path of trying to save the world and do the good, do the right thing. Whereas mm. with this, he has already fallen down that fucking hole. And the movie is about the opposite of him. It is the same kind of idea, the same kind of like, you know, conflict and stuff. But right, right, right. But with this fucking but in this new universe of infinity hope with fucking Superman in it. Right. Huh. Well, yeah. well done then, I guess, in that, in that regard, I guess, that he did write something clever enough that we, I didn't understand that aspect of the story. So that's interesting. Yeah. Again, this so again, this is from Reddit, so this guy could be talking out of his ass. It could be... It sounds, it could be absolutely sounds nothing. about right. It sounds, it sounds right, plausible, but... which is why I brought it up. Right. Yeah, no, very interesting. Kudos to that guy. But anyway, also in all this, um, we also learned that uh, Manhattan had gone back in time and saved and, and saved Carver Coleman's life. Yes, I liked that. I liked that part uh, of yep, it. Yeah, it eventually, um, uh, yeah. he eventually, like, the thing got out about his involvement with fucking, um, with, with stuff. Um, event. yeah, he came out, yeah, he, he came, came out, out as a gay, gay man. Um, which was then, then made him shunned by the community, eventually, by the acting community, eventually came back in the 60s, won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, um, yeah. and then died in 2005 with his partner. Yeah, yeah, when it went on to, uh, have the most like successful part of his career, uh, award winning and all. Yeah. He, he was and also instrumental in getting, um, homosexuality removed from the American psychiatric association's yes. diagnostic manual for mental disorders. Yeah. I liked that because for once Manhattan somehow in light of everything that happened, showed a little bit of humanity, not just fucking telling the guy, well, you'll be gone in a year. See you later. Like, yeah. <laughs> <he's> like <laughs> so like that one moment was super bad for whatever reason. He inspired them enough to actually go back and do this. And I guess that rings true to that character. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's all kind of pointless in the end, just basically just to reshuffle the cards and, and introduce the JSA and Legion, which by the time this issue came out, were already back in the DC universe due to the fact that Johns took so long to finish it. Yep. So, uh, it seemed ambitious and that he had bigger plans for it. Uh, whether or not it's his fault, editorial's fault, or a combination of the two and knowing DC, who the fuck knows what's going on over there. Uh, yeah, it's not, uh, it was okay. Uh, that's my final <laughs> thoughts on it. It wasn't, it uh, was middling of the, it was middle of the road. It was, y- yeah, it was, uh, not worth the buildup, not worth the wait, not a deserving payoff, but ultimately not bad. Yeah. It, like I said, it had some. Uh, ultimately pointless in the long run uh, due to the delay already brought back those characters, which I mentioned Gary Frank's probably work of his career, in my opinion. Great job there. Yep. Absolutely fucking great from Brad Anderson, the colorist. Yep. Jeff Johns delivered a well written script at times. Uh, A few great issues, some great story beats, 
uh, some real standout moments, but overall... Two genuinely great characters. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully they do something with them. Being Fucking hopefully, into I the pray. DC universe. Yeah. So yeah, watch, I mean, watch, uh, the, watch just, just fucking watch the two of them will appear in like is like secondary characters in issue of Harley Quinn and then never again. <laughs> yeah, remember these guys? <laughs> yeah, getting that birds of prey treatment, son. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you see that new trailer for Birds of Prey? <laughs> no, the second one I haven't seen it yet. But it I is awful. Yeah, I Cassandra Cain is a pickpocket who gets on who gets on Black Mask's radar for fucking stealing a diamond from one of his henchmen. <laughs> Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Also, there's a shot in that trailer that is that is almost straight up a ripoff from Deadpool. Where she's getting shot at, a bunch of dust is flying into the air. She breathes in the dust, and then goes on a murder spree. You know, like the thing that happened in Deadpool, where he's like, "All right, all right, maximum effort." Then counts the shots off, and then fucking inhales the gun smoke. Like the cue the DMX music part, you mean? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Those are from the bridge in the first oh, one. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yeah, just imagine that, but Harley Quinn. Yeah. Fucking just, fucking just taking the taking the uh, taking the curtain and just ripping that shit to pieces. Yeah. They're not even hiding there, trying to turn her into Deadpool for realsies. <laughs> yep. Oh fuck me. Well, there you have it, guys. Three hours. <laughs> Probably not worth the time we dedicated to this series, but Probably not. we covered it. You you know what? You can't say we didn't cover it, everyone. No, nope, <laughs> we did our goddamn jobs. <laughs> yeah, look, Dead Man took notes, guys. Notes. <laughs> yes, I took like, so many notes, and I'm deleting all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Doomsday Clock overall worth the read? Or, no. I don't know. Yeah. I... I I wouldn't say it was terrible. It was okay. Yeah, again, it's not terrible. I, it just isn't worth it. Compared to the last... No, no, no. Compared to the last thing that we reviewed, like this in depth, like Heroes in Crisis, better than that. Well, it's not <laughs> so hard. There's my, there's my review. <laughs> um, but yeah, some good moments. Honestly, just check out... What is it? Issue 6? The Marionette and Mine Yeah, just, just check out issue 6. That's the best one in the fucking series. Yeah, I, after re-talking it out with you today, I, I believe that is the case. Uh, there, like I said, there's a couple other issues. Number 10 was probably the closest for me to that, but number 6 was really well-rounded, solid, solid issue, and it did contain like the my favorite characters from this series. I'm going to so, be honest, yeah. now that, we've, now that yeah. we've stopped looking at it, I've forgotten everything that happened except the Mama Marionette stuff. <laughs> Good. Now everything's just like Dr. Manhattan. Everything's back <laughs> in place. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, and that's going to do it for Doomsday Clock. Thank you all for joining us. Hopefully, you joined us for this. Can I show, shout out a quick plug? Because I've yet to do that this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, thank you for joining me, Nico. Uh, you can find Nico over on the Late Night Chat Network on SoundCloud. You can find a link for that in the description. Thank you. Uh, Check we'll it be out. Back. At some point, more of this shit. The, time the, next, the next time the next fucking big event comes to poop on us. I'll be back. Yep. <laughs> yep. He will return to us at the turn of the tide. Hopefully, Birdie will be yeah, back, and then we can all shit in it together. Like a family. Yeah, you can always count on that. <laughs> anyway, until then, I'm dead. I'm Nico. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>